0: September the 14th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We've got a lot on the docket today. Hope everybody had a nice weekend as it was the uh, first weekend of the NFL. So we're going to get into a little quick recap of everything happening in the NFL. And Keep uh, in mind, we have so much NFL content uh, over on, on- BTV bets on Twitter at BTV bets on Twitter every week, doing a lot of different uh previews. So, we'll give you more information to that in just a little bit. On the next episode later this week, we'll have those game by game previews with Eric, where we go through each and every game and give you thoughts on everything happening in the NFL. A fun Monday night game this week. Big news over at USC head coach Clay Helton is out. We're going to get into that and we're going to discuss. Uh, A really great guy who just, unfortunately, wasn't the greatest head coach in the world. And we'll talk a little bit about his tenure and what's next over at USC. We get into the stable dual schedule and then the racing portion of this episode. We've got Wednesday Indiana Grand best bets, Wednesday Canterbury best plays, Thursday Indiana Grand, Thursday Canterbury. So we got Wednesday and Thursday for both Indy and Canterbury for you. And then our deep dive, the recap, the review The scene-by-scene scene analysis of everything happening In What If, episode 5 With Tim Kelly So, we'll bounce all around here Some football, a little college football news Some horse racing for Wednesday and for Thursday We close it out with the Marvel MCU show What If And we gotta give a shout-out to Big E, though The new WWE champion, uh, Biggie, cashed in that Money in the Bank briefcase on Monday Night Raw tonight. So, shout out to Biggie. He's a, a pretty popular wrestler, one that is super well liked by people, I think, inside of the business, by a lot of the fans, got a great personality, good in the ring. So, uh, cool for Biggie. I, uh, I got excited, I got excited, I think Stephanie was laughing at me as I was uh, cheering for Big E a little earlier on So I uh, had to give Big E a little shout out, we'll we'll really dive into Big E and everything that happened on uh, Raw And all the other wrestling stuff later this week on our, our weekly edition of uh, This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper But you know that this episode is presented by Vegas. At BTVBets on Twitter So Vegas is a website That provides you free content From a bunch of different handicappers and gamblers To try to help you with your gambling Everything there is free They have videos that you can click on You can hear from uh, handicappers That are giving out their wagers Each and every day, some of the reasons why Heck, you can post your own videos All you have to do is Register, create an account, it's totally free to do so You can post some of your videos Some of your reasoning and You'll gain some followers Start to interact with some other Like-minded handicappers and gamblers And then you become a part of the monthly showdown Totally free All you have to do is post your videos throughout the month And they will Grade and and tabulate The scores and the the rankings And the standings of everybody And the ROI and the positive units If you win You get $1,000 Used to be the weekly showdown Now it's been bumped to the monthly showdown A thousand dollars up for grabs Cost you nothing to get involved Then if you follow on Twitter At BTVBets every single day They will have Little giveaways where all you have to do is Follow, retweet And they'll pick one of the people that retweets And follows And give them whatever wager they made It'll be whatever game is happening that night Or sometimes a parlay Or a particular prop from a game All you have to do is follow and retweet and get involved Get a chance to win a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes even more. And then there's a live stream schedule. If you follow at BTVBets on Twitter. If you follow me, it's me, Gino B. Every time I'm on one of those streams, it'll also go through my Twitter. Monday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Leading you up to the Monday night football game. We go for maybe like a half an hour, 45 minutes. Give our thoughts on that. Come back on Thursday. Leading you up to the Thursday night football game. Same time, 7 o'clock Eastern. Then on Friday, I'm kind of the host for... A show called The Two Minute Drill Where Blackjack and Leo have to decide on Five games To enter into the Circa contest So we'll go through the slate for each week I gotta help them agree And then on Sunday You'll catch me Sunday morning 10am, or excuse me 11am Eastern Time We'll go for an hour and we'll go through the full slate For Sunday, all the latest lines Latest news, everything Whew, That's a lot just talking about it That's every week at BTV vets NFL Week 1 in the books We talked about the Thursday night game uh, On the episode last week But Tampa got the uh, the victory uh, Came back at the end In a, a really fun back and forth game The Dallas played pretty well And Tampa gets the win there 31-29 Now on to Sunday Philadelphia Eagles just kicked The absolute <laughs> crap out of the Falcons Falcons just no-showed at home And... Two, with two brand new coaches here He says, you know, quite a bit For the the new head coach for Philly Who performs well and not good for a new head coach For Atlanta in, in that game And Philly, some of their Skill position players really did step up The receivers looked good, Devontae Smith uh, Rager looked a little bit better And Hertz looked good Philly crushed Atlanta Very disappointing With Atlanta, you at least expect them to be able to score And... They moved the ball early and then not at all late. Very sloppy. Really weird Pittsburgh-Buffalo game. Pittsburgh ends up winning 23-16. Buffalo is up early. The first half, Pittsburgh could do absolutely nothing. Couldn't move the ball at all. I think they had 54 total yards at halftime. And then there were two drives in in the second half when Buffalo was up 10 where it's weird. There was a fourth and eight that they ended up going for and they were I think it was like a 50-yard field goal right around there They end up going for it Just, you know, fourth and two, three Anything up to about five, I understand That's a little, maybe they just didn't feel confident in kicking Then there was another instance where they went for it And they ran a terrible play It was fourth and one, you've got Josh Allen there You've been running him all game You don't want a quarterback sneak They end up pitching the ball and lose a bunch of yards And those two drives end up giving Pittsburgh You know, good field position And then you get a block punt. So I still, I I gotta see a little bit more with Pittsburgh. The defense is better, is still really good. But I don't know. It felt like Buffalo played pretty well early and some reports that perhaps they were maybe a little overhyped. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, their coach had said something along the lines of a lot of expectations this year. Maybe they started to press a little bit. Who knows? We'll see. The Bengals, the Bengals The Bengal Bengals get the win uh, 27-24 in overtime Minnesota comes back, ties this thing up late Good game from Joe Mixon There Jamar Chase looked good Minnesota did not Bengals with the win, 27-24 A lot of people's survivor pools and picks Were in a little trouble, including mine We uh, had San Francisco 49ers They were up huge early And Detroit came storming back With the chance to really put themselves in a good position Late to tie or or come close They ended up losing 41-33 Jared Goff, 338 yards Did not look bad at all Debo Samuel had a great game too 189 yards receiving Another beatdown Tennessee Which is a little bit worrisome because Tennessee lost their Offensive coordinator, brand new offensive coordinator And what you would Expect from Tennessee If you told me Tennessee got beat by 20 I'd say, okay, what was the score, like 50 To 50 To 32 or something along those lines You would just expect Tennessee to score But They are a team that doesn't have The greatest defense in the world Their offense looked pitiful Henry looked bad No burst, not a lot of creativity Couldn't get in the end zone from like the one yard line, a couple different tries. You figured they bring in Jones. He had a sloppy play and a penalty that ended up turning a like a third down and short into a long third down. Head coach called him out. That doesn't look good. The what's nice for them is just you look around their division, and Jacksonville was awful this week. Houston won, but I don't think many of us exactly think the Texans are gonna be good. And the Colts looked (laughs) really bad. Who are the next team that we'll talk about So yeah, Tennessee Looked bad And you gotta give some Some uh, love to Kyler Murray Who just looked incredible there He hit Hopkins He hit Kirk a couple times too When their offense is humming Remember last year, early on They were very good But then he gets a little bit banged up And throughout the year You know, teams kind of figure out What you're doing a little bit more Get a little film on you Then can Can Cliff Kingsbury can he adjust Can he When they adjust to you and they make You know um, Some changes can you readjust We have to see that from him Because I've been very critical of him in the offseason But he did a great job in this first game Arizona beats up on Tennessee 38-13 Seattle beats the Colts 28-16 Game wasn't even really that close for the most part Seattle dominated this game And honestly Indy looked like a team That didn't Practice together a whole lot and was just kind of playing it safe. I don't think they were trying to get too creative yet. Wentz had been banged up. They were there a couple of the offensive linemen hadn't been around. In and out questions with the receivers. So I don't think they were exactly full throttle quite yet. And they sort of looked like that. Twenty eight sixteen. They don't. I just don't know. We'll see with with Wentz and you know can he be. If, if he's just going to be average, then then defensively they need to be excellent. They need some of their playmakers to be really good. They need to run the ball really well. They need that offensive line to be excellent. And he just needs to be the guy not to make a whole lot of mistakes. He didn't really this week, but he didn't do anything spectacular. So you either need him to make big plays or you need everything else to go well. And they just seemed like they were kind of going through the motions. Weird game in Washington where the Chargers win 20-16. to Fitzpatrick got hurt early. The Chargers were really bad on first and second down, but good on third. And And uh, Herbert's just really good. He makes big plays. Just really, really good. And uh, the Chargers beat Washington. It looks like Fitzpatrick's going to be out for a while now. So we'll see if you know, Washington tries to bring in another quarterback. Again, they went out. Felt like they solved their quarterback situation by bringing in a veteran. And now Fitzpatrick's banged up. Carolina Holds on to beat the Jets 1914. Sam Darnold. That Sam Darnold revenge game. Did what he needed to do. Made some nice throws. Got McCaffrey the ball. Carolina was up big early in this game and they just kind of rode it out to win here. Probably wasn't really as close as it seems and the Jets sort of got back into it late with an opportunity. But Carolina was in control through most of this. They're not incredible. They're one of the teams that I've been pretty high on this year, but This is the type of game they may be able to have Their defense plays a little bit better Try to run the ball Get it to McCaffrey Don't make a whole lot of mistakes And maybe you can just force other teams To make a mistake or two Capitalize And uh, maybe pick up a couple wins That you may not You you may not have thought you could have uh, got And Carolina gets off to a nice start this year uh, In the win column Houston Texans 37, the Jags 21 Houston just has some Veteran football players And they ran into a brand new football team All reports coming into this week Players, coaches Have not really been getting along that well With Urban Meyer There's already been rumors about Urban Meyer Maybe heading to USC And uh, Houston looked like they had a point to prove Like hey, we know you're a rookie And you're new And everyone thinks that we're just going to be terrible But we're not that bad And Houston is probably not going to be a good football team this year This was a nice win for them one of the best games of the week We had Kansas City and, and the Cleveland Browns And the Browns were up big early 22-10 was, uh, was the number Cleveland starts to come back And then it was 29-20 to And you felt like at that point The Browns may have had an opportunity But there were a couple huge plays That really hurt them And, and everybody says, oh the Browns blew it Or this or that Yeah, it, it felt that way Because we saw the Browns up big they were on the road playing one of the, if not the best team in football, you know, the last couple of years, they are the absolute measuring stick in the NFL. And you have Nick Chubb fumble, who doesn't fumble. you tell me he was, that was a choke job? No, it just, it's unfortunate. It's week one of the NFL. A lot of teams are sloppy, making mistakes. Their mistakes just happen to unfortunately come in the later part of the game. So it feels like they're pressure packed mistakes. The punter. Oh, that one, that one hurt. Punter Biff's just completely botches a, a snap on a punt and kill puts Kansas City right in scoring position. And even you know at the beginning of the game you have Harrison get tossed for like a little incident with the co- with the coach on the other side. You have Johnson get hurt for a little bit for the Browns and come out of the game. Then he comes back in And Mahomes makes one of those insane Mahomes plays where He throws the ball like 50 yards in the air Nobody even thinks he's going to throw it And Tyreek Hill just sort of breaks away And then like a one play 75 yard touchdown Then at the end Baker Who's been excellent all game Pinpoint accuracy Making all the throws that he needed to Really cool play at the end of the half Where he almost He catches a Like a lateral And almost ends up scoring a touchdown And he's just flying And then Baker's trying to throw a ball away, and he gets tripped up, and it ends up an interception right to Kansas City. So all those things had to go wrong for Cleveland in order to lose that game on the road. They were still, with the ball, driving with a chance to win the game. That's been the second time they played Kansas City where they've been right there. And they're on the road. Again, this Cleveland team is a good football team. That was a hard, tough game to open at, though. Be careful next week. They're like a heavy favorite. I think like a 12-point favorite or something over, uh, over Houston. The Patriots, late turnover there, really hurt. Four fumbles for the Patriots. They lost two of them. And the Miami Dolphins, who just are Like their defense is good, but they get very lucky. They they yes, they draw, you know, they cause some of the turnovers. But then they're also just the beneficiary a lot of times, and we see. That this doesn't hold up It happened last year for them Tua is, does not impress me Now Waddle looked very good And they do have some some nice Skill position players there and a good defense The offensive line is still not is not good though Mac Jones was good For New England He'll be solid, he'll do exactly what They need him to do, they're going to run the ball a lot With Damian Harris, Ugh, he had 100 yards But he had that big late fumble and that really hurt Looked like New England New England Was going in and was going to win the game They fumbled the ball and Miami picked up a couple first downs. The Saints beat up on Green Bay. What do we take out of this game? Jameis had 148 yards passing and five touchdowns with under 150 yards. And the Saints look really good. I don't think the Saints are as good as they looked. And I don't think Green Bay is as bad as they looked. So for that tumultuous offseason in Green Bay, we'll have to... uh, Wait another week or two to see if uh, Aaron Rodgers and those Packers can get on track. Denver Broncos 27, Giants 13. Denver wins on the road. Teddy B was solid. Melvin Gordon over 100 yards on the ground. Daniel Jones with uh, another, you know, play or two that just really cost him. Trying to do a little too much. And you end up turning the ball over. And then on uh, Sunday night it was Rams beating the bears 34-14. Stafford looked very good, 320 yards in his Ram debut. The Bears did not, and they just looked like they were playing very tentative. The game wasn't really that good to be honest. 34-14 wasn't that interesting. And the Rams didn't look as good as that score might indicate. They they have some things to work on. The Monday night game was was really really good. Final in overtime, Vegas Raiders 33 Ravens 27. Up until Monday, the Ravens had won 98 straight games when they had a 14-plus point lead. They end up losing this game. Derek Carr throws for 50, uh, throws 56 times for 435 yards. He's 34 of 56, couple touchdowns and an interception. Lamar Jackson had 235 yards passing. He also had 86 yards rushing. Baltimore with all those injuries. Uh, They had to give the ball to Tyson Williams And then they did incorporate Latavius Murray He ended up getting 10 carries Tyson Williams had 9 for 65 Um, Latavius Murray did get a touchdown And for the uh, The Raiders It was all about Darren Waller Feeding him the 10 receptions for 105 yards He got targeted 19 times Drake actually caught some uh, uh, Passes out of the backfield uh, For 60 Just about 60 yards 5 catches 59 yards And Brian Edwards had that touchdown overturned Which looked like it was going to cause the Raiders to end up losing this game Just a crazy game Crazy game where it was 17-10 with like 10 minutes to go in the game I played the over in this game which was 50 And I thought it was done And all of a sudden we get a touchdown The tie then back and forth and back and forth Carr I believe in the last 10 minutes in overtime threw for 230 yards Just in that stretch the Raiders ended up with more first downs They ended up 7 out of 15 On third down compared to 3 of 12 For the Ravens The Raiders had more total plays More total yards And more penalties even <laughs> A little bit of everything The two turnovers are are what ended up hurting uh, The one big turnover for the Raiders Obviously looked like it was going to hurt them There were three game try- tying drives In the fourth quarter for the Raiders Looked like they won in overtime Touchdown overturned then a penalty and Baltimore ball after an interception. Then Lamar gets strip sacked. It was back and forth and back and forth and a crazy way to end week one of the NFL. So we'll uh, be very excited to talk about week two with you right here on That's What G Said coming up in just a few days and we'll have that Thursday night preview. Give us a follow. Set the notifications uh 7 o'clock Eastern Time On Twitter, it's me Gino B or at BTVBets We'll get you all set for the Thursday night game Each and every week USC made a big move in the football Department, in the football program Head coach Clay Helton has been fired And uh, this This is not a surprise it, it had been surprising Every time that Clay Was brought back or renewed Unfortunately, now the The common conversation around Clay Helton. Every time somebody mentions him, the first thing you're gonna hear is Clay is one of the greatest guys, the nicest guys, the most integrity. He is a great uh, role model, a great leader for the kids. But unfortunately, you can be all of those things and not be a great head football coach, right? Being good, being a great person. Doing the right thing uh, You know, having integrity Those are all Incredible Qualities to have But those don't necessarily Fulfill the requirements of particular Jobs, right? Of course we want Everyone to have some of those Things in them, but You can have all of those And not be a good football coach And not be good enough to be a professional basketball Player, and not have the skills Needed to, you know operate heavy machinery or you know not have the hand eye coordination to do this there's just you know uh, and that's the that's the truth unfortunately you know and that that's been the problem all along with clay is great guy and he ended up being a great guy in a time where things were really tumultuous for USC they had had instability they had had scandal the very top of the the school and the organization, the the entire uh, you know, football program, everything around it, from the top down, and so you you needed to. They felt like going in the direction of someone like Clay, who's not going to get caught up in anything bad, will help steady the program. And in that sense, Clay did not get caught up in anything bad. He didn't. Unfortunately, this team was just not good. They were irrelevant on the national scene And I'm going to go through a couple different articles That, you know, from ESPN There's one from CBS Sports, one from The Athletic Just read some tidbits throughout But for me personally as a USC fan Someone who's watched You know USC football, basketball Every season my entire life The two things I pay attention to most And it's it's a bummer because Over the last few years I've cared a lot less I think it was probably 2019 and on for these last two and now the first couple games of this season. I, as a diehard USC fan who knew everything about every player on the team, listening to shows, watching stuff, always reading about recruits coming in, I got checked out a little bit because when you follow something and you pay attention to something and you're passionate about something and you feel like you put your time and your energy, sometimes your money... Support into something You want to feel like they're trying Or that they are giving it their all And you and we all have we, we can have perspective Some years you know your teams aren't that good Or the players you have aren't that great Or you're a year or two away Or you got injured Or the schedule is too tough Or whatever the reasons are That you aren't successful Unfortunately With the players and the talent That they, they are at USC Year in and year out There was no excuse for how poor these years under Helton were. There's just no excuse at all. You can can tell me that you're not going to beat Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State or maybe a handful of teams in the country but you don't get in the college playoff. You win one Pac-12. You never win big games. You don't do anything with your own recruits, with your own players. You're not getting as many NFL draft picks as before And the problem is This isn't during an era of a tough Pac-12 Nobody else is tough Oregon's been fine They were not even as good as the Other dominant Oregon teams years back Washington's Okay, Utah's okay Nobody's been good Nobody's been dominant This could have been a a time period An era of Seven or eight years where USC Could have just dominated they could have had a free path to the playoff every single year. Just beat up all the teams you're better than and maybe you get lucky one year and you end up catching the right, you know, uh, you know you get seated well cuz you play and and even maybe you beat a team that you're better than. We never did that with USC with Clay Helton. You we were never beating teams that you weren't supposed to beat. And in the opposite, you were always losing the teams that you were supposed to beat. Not as good at recruiting didn't develop players. And, and the real key stat, there was only one time as a coach for USC, when he was the head coach, where they were better than 100th in penalties. They were only one time in the top 100 in the penalties. That's just an undisciplined football team that comes to coaching. They were never ready to rock at the beginning of the games. They were never pumped up. So you're not fired up, and then you don't make adjustments. Unfortunately... The, th- the things that you need to be a very good football coach th- if, if you were to think about what some some teams are you know you think about coaches and generally it's oh yeah he he was an offensive coordinator or a quarterbacks coach or whatever it was so he's more of an offensive guy or you know this guy was a defensive coordinator d line guy and then he went from a d line to DC and now you know he coaches he's a head coach but he definitely was more of a defensive minded head coach. What is Clay what was his identity? He didn't have good staffs underneath him. He didn't bring in great coordinators. And it was, you know, it was the 42 28 loss to Stanford. USC was a 17 point favorite in this game over the weekend, and they just got crushed. They got absolutely destroyed. I'm gonna read some, you know, excerpts from a statement from uh USC athletic director Mike Bone. As I committed to upon my arrival at USC during the past two off-seasons, we provided every resource necessary for our football program to compete for championships, Bones said in a statement. uh, The added resources carried significantly increased expectations for our team's performance, and it's already evident that, despite the enhancements, those expectations would not be met with the change in leadership. So Dante Williams is going to serve as the interim head coach. He just joined the staff in 2020 as the cornerback's coach and a defensive pass game coordinator was elevated to the head coach, uh, to the assist- associate head coach after last year. So, Helton's been with the program since 2010. This is from ESPN uh, by Kyle Bonagura. And yeah, it talks about how he was hired to be the quarterback's coach on Kiffin's staff. He served under Kiffin and Sarkeesian before being hired as the head coach in 2015. 46 and 24, in two- including two stints as the head coach, including a Rose Bowl win. More from Mike Bone I want to be exceptionally clear Our university and its leadership Are committed to winning national championships And restoring USC football to glory The decision represents our next step Towards that goal In what has been a thoughtful And strategic process To build a comprehensive football organization Equivalent to the premier programs In the modern landscape So He served as the interim head coach During the bowl game And after Previous interim head coach Resigned Following, uh, Which was Ed Orgeron Following the hiring of Steve Sarkeesian October 11th He once again became the head coach The interim head coach When Star- uh, Sarkeesian took a leave of absence And was then fired November 30th, 2015 USC made him the actual head coach He was the 23rd official head coach In USC history They named him the head coach Then they lost the final two games that year Stanford in the Pac-12 championship They lost to Wisconsin in the Holiday Bowl First full season as a head coach They started off 1-3 Lost to Alabama Got absolutely destroyed Stanford and, and Utah But then they won 8 games in a row Beating up on a lot of pretty pretty suspect opponents They did end up in the Rose Bowl Against Penn State They won They ended up 10-3 and, and they finished 3rd in the AP poll So it's okay Okay Things are going well for us And then A very flat and disappointing 2017 Where USC ends up going 11 and three and they lose in the Cotton Bowl. And then it is just five and seven in 2018. Five and seven at USC. Five conference losses. They come back in 2019, they go eight and five. And then 2021, all the craziness with. COVID, games getting cancelled Postponed, USC only ends up playing 6 games They they, they start the year 5-0 and But they don't look very good And then anytime there's an important game Or a game that matters, they lose And it's not even close That's the problem, unfortunately They got blown out by any team Of national relevance Every time they played them Reading a little bit from uh, Another uh, Article here, this one is Where, CBS? Yeah Clay Elton was elevated after years of scandal and propriety, uh, viewed as a virtuous caretaker, care, uh, capable of restoring a troubled program. But he was twice chosen to be kept. USC athletic director Mike Bone twice chose to keep him. That's what we never got. If you fire him after game two of this year, which I'm not saying it shouldn't be done, right? And let's say this nobody want. I never am happy to see somebody lose their job. But as I said, Clay Helton has a place in a college football program. It's not as a head football coach. Maybe it, I don't even know what kind of a level of a coach it is, but it's definitely something in recruiting, in the program somewhere. The guy loves football and is very well liked and can absolutely have a role. But that's what it's about. It's about finding what's best for you, and he just wasn't very as successful as you need to be here. Dante Williams again did, uh, did not commit to Williams beyond that Season is just getting started We have the opportunity to really do something special With this team and this program Bone said we still have control of our own destiny The Pac-12 Tremendously talented group of student-athletes Phenomenal coaches and outstanding support In Game 1 against San Jose State They were getting booed At the, you know, the Coliseum And... It was a little early, and then finally, you know, everybody got into it, and then the, the, the game looked a little bit better late. And then the boos were crazy this week. USC's most lopsided loss at home to an unranked opponent since 2000. So in 2013, Kiffin was fired after game three. USC had never fired a football coach midseason. USC then fired Sarkeesian five games in 2015, and now Helton after two games. It's just There's not been stability there Helton had two more years left on his contract They extended that After he led USC to the only Pac-12 Championship in 2017 Which was still like eh Trojans are 19 and 15 Since Even though he Was brought in by an athletic director Lin Swan who's not around anymore And was fired in September 2019 So then COVID Year Prior to that he goes 8 and 4 Mike Bowen waits 11 days, decides that he's going to keep him, put a bunch of money in to build the football program around him. They double the size of the football staff. This is from the LA Times. They turn around the recruiting, they modernize the infrastructure, and now then 2020 comes in, only end up playing six games. They win their first five, but three of those games were comebacks in the last minute against bad teams. They get beat up in the Pac-12 title game to Oregon. And then Bone comes back and says, well, I can't think of one area where he didn't improve. And then yet two games into this year, he ends up waxing Helton. So, it just, it was frustrating because now what ends up, as a fan, this is what you feel like. You have Keaton Slobis, who's a good quarterback. You have a lot of talented players at USC that you feel like, unfortunately, had wasted 10 years here. Because you never felt like they were given the, the real opportunity to develop, to get the best out of those players At USC And never the opportunity to really Compete on a national level Where a lot of these kids should have So a lot of them thought they were going to get The opportunity to do when they made the, uh, the Choice to come to USC and to not go To uh, an Alabama Or a Clemson or a Ohio State Or one of those top programs that has had The opportunities to play in the Playoff in the biggest games Again, every everything you read about him talks about what a gentleman and stark contrast to some of the coaches who had come before him. Remember Sarkeesian ended up getting fired after he was really intoxicated at a university event. Quotes about Helton, a man with undisputed integrity, but he was never just, he never felt like the right choice. More quotes from Bone. Mike Bone. Clay is one of the finest human beings I've ever met in this industry. He has been a tremendous role model and mentor to our young men. We appreciate his many years of service to our university and wish him nothing but the very best. Consistent with our values and as an institution, he deserves the utmost respect from the Trojan family during this transition. 5-7 and in 2018, finishing under 500 for the first time in two decades. So now, you know you go, Helton. before that, Sarkeesian, before that, Kiffin, you had Ordron in there You don't make the decision to keep him And then he goes over to LSU And has incredible success Right now, he's they haven't been doing that great Okay, but he went over there and succeeded And you have not here at USC And They still are ranked In the top 10 of 247 sports Talent composite Which Grades all of your classes All of the players you have This is a top 10 team in the nation in talent In a very soft conference Over the last few years Yet they still haven't been able to perform Now some of the names that are swirling around Clay Helton is out So what's the rumors and what's the buzz going to be Who is going to be the next one in And maybe that is Fickle Right? Fickle? (laughs) Luke Fickle He is a Cincinnati head coach And remember Mike Bone hired him At Cincinnati Does he try to bring him over here to USC He's 48 years old, he's won 37 games In 4 years with Cincinnati They played Georgia Very very tough In a loss in the Sugar Bowl And this is a legitimate program now Cincinnati And you know He's one of the names that's been mentioned New Pac-12 commissioner New television contract coming up USC has to get, they have to get themselves back up to into that upper echelon. So, I mean, Luke Fickle, Bob. This is a list I think from uh, CBS Sports. Luke Fickle, Bob Stoops, Matt Campbell, Iowa State. I would love him. They call him the number one developmental coach in the country. Turned down NFL interest. People say he may be interested though in a team like Notre Dame or Ohio State. Perhaps USC would uh, would be in that mix, but who knows? You know, sometimes it's a it's a it's an area thing. Perhaps you like it better in a certain place, not as much on the West Coast. James Franklin, Mario Cristobal, who's up at Oregon, he's doing well up there though. Chris Peterson, who's now on TV, I think Stoops is as well. Kyle Whittingham, who's the Utah coach, Urban Meyer, who's not. Yeah, the the rumors and the all the uh, the chatter about Herb up in the NFL have not been good so far. So right away, you obviously you always hear, oh, Herb's going to try to get out of it and get back into college. But big news for USC We'll see what comes next And uh, will this I mean I'm not even as concerned now Unfortunately I know you have the rest of this year still to come But if you told me anything If this team got better And ended up you know, having a pretty solid year I just don't think they're going to be able to, to You know make a deep run Or rattle off a you know, bunch of wins in a row Or anything because You didn't have the kind of preparation you needed Coming into this year Let's get into some horse racing We're going to talk about some Stable duel, Some Wednesday Indy, Wednesday Canterbury Thursday Indy, Thursday Canterbury And how do we play the races What do we do when we want to play the races We had the DRF.com We start handicapping, we start getting researched We start getting prepped up at DRF.com Horse racing fans Many of us have been Using the DRF, the daily racing Form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse. And you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with, with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator, for charts, for replays, if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers, you get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph, you can rotate your phone for the best view. And Any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines You can easily move from horse to horse The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances You get an interactive format Which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone Cross device functionality You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next And then access your account on any of your devices On the go handicapping and wagering and you got those traditional DRF pass performances That are just newly optimized for your mobile phones They are constantly upgrading, improving And making everything easier for you To get your handicapping done at DRF.com We've got a new game over at Stable Duel It's the new Late 5 So if you played Stable Duel before the daily horse racing contest Generally the contests start when a particular track has their first race, and then after the race starts, the first race starts, the contests are locked because you have to have your lineup set and you have to, you know, fill ten different spots and fill your salary cap. Now there's going to be late five contests over at Stable Duel. And a lot of times it's great because many tracks will stack the back part of their card with the stronger races so you get the better races get the chance to watch a couple early on in the day and maybe you can play a lineup for the full card and then you play one in the late 5 so you can kind of build lineups off of each other so a few weeks ago Stable Duel tried out the format and now at least once a week there's going to be a late 5 contest, same format 10 horses, $50,000 bankroll but only the late five on uh, the late five races on a particular card. Later start, more time to get your stables set since the game doesn't lock right away. Build your lineups off each other. Quick action. Only got five races. Win or lose. Thursday Laurel is going to be the late five this week. Let's talk about the schedule leading up to that. Like on Tuesday. Four different tracks, six contests. You've got Assiniboia, Penn National Parks, and Thistle Downs. Games starting as low as $10 to enter, all the way up to 500 for a, an entry fee, where you can do a $500 double up. Big pools $500, $1,000, $1,000, a winner take all pool, uh, 250 and $600 up for grabs. On Wednesday, you've got six tracks, seven contests Assiniboia, Charlestown, Delaware, Penn National Parks. Thistle down, games from $2 All the way up to $500 bucks. On Thursday Charlestown, Delaware Gulfstream, Laurel and Penn National 5 tracks, 8 contests From $10 all the way up To $500 Friday you've got Gulfstream, Laurel Monmouth, Penn, Woodbine, Charlestown 6 tracks, 8 contests You can get in a stable dual game for only 7 bucks, or for the uh, Bigger players, all the way up to A $250 entry in a triple up game where you could win 750 We get to the weekend for Saturday. You've got Gulfstream, Monmouth, Delaware, Laurel, Golden Gate, Emerald. Six tracks, eight contests from 7 bucks all the way up to $500 for the bigger players for those huge entry contests. Then on Sunday, September the 19th, Gulfstream, Monmouth, Laurel, Woodbine, Emerald, Golden Gate, six tracks, nine contests from as low as $5 to enter all the way up to a thousand dollars in the big big game at Gulfstream, a thousand dollar double up. Just listen to all those opportunities you have. Check them out. Check them out. All different tracks. Try them on one of your favorite tracks. Try one of the smaller contests if you never have. Or you know, sink your teeth into some of the big ones. If you ever have any questions, let me know. I'd be very happy to help you, and also be very happy to lead you to StableDuel.com/shop. Check out the t shirts they have at Staple Duel. They're funny, they're cheap, and they're really comfortable. I have a bunch of them. That's what you want, right? Comfortable t shirt, funny one that you can wear around and get a laugh at or get another look, and affordable, creative. They got the backside is the best side. That's only 20 bucks. The degenerate tee is only 18. The I hit that is only 18. Size doesn't matter, but lengths do is only 18. You can get that in a tank top for 15. For hats, you can get the stable dual fitted cap for twenty. The regular stable duel hats only eighteen. The winter cap is fifteen bucks. The hoodie sweatshirt forty. And the vest is fifty. You've got the basic stable Duel tee, which is eighteen. You got the stay in your lane tee, which is eighteen, and the play race win pint glass and the stable dual mug. It's only eight bucks for the pint glass, and it's only twelve. For the mug Stableduel.com Backslash shop Check out the options there A lot of fun shirts You see me wearing them on the live streams Many a time Let's get into some Wednesday horse racing For you, let's jump over to Indiana Grand For Wednesday, get the past performances out We are looking at September the 15th We are jumping to race number 4 We got Indie Bread $40,000 allowance, non-winners of 3 Going six furlongs on the main track here But the six, a big bomb Long live justice Was a bit interesting So he was a winner On July the 29th where he sat A pretty nice trip going six furlongs And then on August the 26th The last time we saw him He ended up going a mile And he was just slow Step slow, he got caught in between Horses and, and kind of in behind Horses, he has a lot more Speed than that A lot more natural, tactical, positional speed. He was your favorite that day. It was really flat, but he sat much closer in sprint races. He does not have to be too far out of it in here. There is not much speed whatsoever. The five Azaro uh, Azaro steel has a little bit, showed some last time out. I would not be shocked if Long Live Justice is right there in the early mix. Going to go third start of the form cycle. Long Live Justice. Very capable in here. If this guy is anything in the eight, I had him stacked like six, eight to one. Twenty to one on the morning line. The number four. Uh the number six, excuse me, in race number four. Long live justice. Move along to race number five. We've got maiden special weights here. Two-year-old Philly, seven and a half furlongs on the turf course. I thought the first time starter, Zing, was a little intriguing. So She's a 2 year old daughter of Run Happy and her damn all aces was 0 for 10 on the turf but when you dig in a little deeper she did finish in the top 3 6 times and she was actually stakes placed So at Indiana Grand over this turf course so she wasn't bad on the turf she was just in some tough spots I think Zing is going to show up and fire a big one here solid tab super capable first out barn no monsters in this group give a look to the number 7 Zing, if Zing is anything around seven to two, worthy of a win wager. As we move along to race number six at Indiana Grand, I thought the nine, Rob to the uh, Rob the Rich, would get a really nice trip in here. He'll he'll cut back a tad to five and a half furlongs from six, but he's gonna sit off nicely from the outside. He was in a field of four last time out, Boca Boy. Got the lead, just kind of cruised Rob tried his best to come after him He got up to within a half length He was just second best that day before fading There is a lot more pace in here To help set up Boca Boy's going We know <laughs> Flower Pecker is going Kadri is going And Keeping it classy Because of the inside draw, he's gotta go Tale of Fame is not going to be Exactly far out of it Rob the Rich, can he sit like fourth from the outside and just get a great trip? He's 8 to 1 on the morning line. We had him stacked more like a 4 to 1 shot in here. Anything over that very fair. Let's move to race number 8. We've got an Indy Bread Stakes in here, the $100,000 Empire Mile in a 16th. The 9 is a wild card stretching out from the sprints. How far will he go? He'll be in the mix if he, you know, if he can steal it, he will. We'll see how... He's been 6 furlongs in all of his 6 races. He's sharp. Can he stretch out to a mile and a 16th though in here? The 10 is the one to beat. Cash Logistics. The two maybe price-ish horses I'm interested by. The 11 Star Spangled Express. Now I don't know if he can sit all that much. He might get hooked a little bit wide and parked and he might end up having a tough trip in here. He's nice though right now. Just put a line through that grass race. He rattled off three impressive wins in a row, but from a trip standpoint, I do think Max Express will come running the six. He he always does show up and give a good account of himself. Just some races there's not enough speed and he'll come running late. If the pace is right, he can win. Max Express is six to one. I'd want him around no more like no less than nine to two. And we move to the ninth race Nothing too creative for me here This is a stakes, so I just wanted to mention it It's the Hoosier Heartland Mile in the 16th Not really a play for me I just thought Pearl Tiara really sharp right now Would, would probably be tough to beat I couldn't really try Couldn't really find anyone else that I love So maybe a late exotic single there And that is Wednesday Over at Indiana Grand Let's get over to Canterbury For Wednesday So get those past performances out We'll be both at a Indy and Canterbury for Wednesday And Thursday this week As We take a look at Canterbury's 2, 3, and 5 Races for September the 15th Second race $7,500 claimers I think the one so alive woke up On the drop last time out This is a horse who has some legitimate back class. he's great at stakes placed He's faced Vacoma By my standards, who you see on the bottom of the page And on May the 31st, he tried the turf, and that's the only time he's tried the grass. So you look at this race, it's on the turf, and okay, you know, he doesn't have turf success. It was one start on the grass, and it was in a race that was off of a long layoff. He had not run from June of 2020 to May of 2021. We're talking almost a full year. So of course he didn't run that great. It's involved a little bit early and then just backed up. He's going to save ground from the inside And run really well in here So alive if he's anything over 7-2 to two, That's fair And that was our, uh, our value line on so alive In race number 2 Let's move to the 3rd We've got maiden special weights in here These are 3 year olds and up 5.5 furlongs The distance Runway Harry is going to take a lot of money I think Bayou Colonel's is a little interesting So the turf debut isn't bad And August the 4th Behind a couple next out winners Vegas guy wins a maiden special weight race next out The 5th place finisher comes back To win a maiden special weight race uh, next out At Remington And there was a little bit of trouble early Kind of bumped but was tracking from 3rd And just didn't make up any ground at all Was getting a great trip Looked like, Honestly looked like he was the winner For about the first half of the race And just flat nothing Then tried to go longer and ran off Now you get a big cutback From a mile to 5.5 only concern I have is that he's drawn down to the inside If he was drawn outside a little bit more I'd feel very confident about his chances to sit off I still think he's going to be pretty good in here on the cutback And just a lot sharper today than what we've seen from him If he's in the 7-2 to two range, he's fair Let's get to the 5th for Wednesday Canterbury September the 15th Made in special weights 5 furlongs on the turf course here We've got 2-year-old Phillies and I'm looking at the five heart on the run. The dam was third in the lone turf try. Heart on the run has been forwardly placed in both. And this dam produced four winning turf sibs. I'm expecting this filly to step forward nicely on the grass. We know she's got some early lick to her. Heart on the run. If she is anything over four to one, that feels fair. I had her stacked seven to two, four to one, right in that range. So those are your three plays for Canterbury Wednesday in the second number one so alive six to one on the morning line we'd need around seven to two in the third Bayou Colonel nine to two on the morning line we wouldn't want to take any less than three to one for sure and in the fifth race Heart on the Run the number five six to one on the morning line we'd need at least seven to two to make a play there in the fifth so that is Wednesday racing for you. Before we get into Thursday racing, we want to remind you and always encourage you, if you need anything in the world of real estate, if you need any help at all, or any questions about something with your home, you need to contact full-service realtor Cindy Carava at cindycarava.com. That's the website, c-i-n-d-y-c-a-r-a-v-a.com. And as a full-service realtor, she can help you out in many different ways, like buying, selling, leasing. She can help connect you with uh, vendors if you want, you know, home improvement, gardeners, landscapers, painters that she's used in her own home and in her own homes. If you need help getting pre-approved for a loan, she can connect you with the right type of lenders. She is someone who has the ability to just check out your home, give you a free market analysis of your home's value if you want to see where you stand. You know, moving, relocating. Finding a place, putting your place On the market, that's not easy That's why you look to someone Like Cindy Carava, who will take care of All of that stuff for you, she'll keep you Involved in the process if you want She'll take it off your hands if you want that But she'll be honest with you She is genuine and you can trust her I've known her for over a decade And after a conversation or two You'll know exactly what I mean com. Check out The website, you can find all of her listings All the information about her Reviews, Yelp, Zillow She's on Facebook, YouTube And you can contact her At that website, check out the listings Check out everything, some of her former projects CindyCarava.com Let's get into Thursday We're looking over at Indiana Grand 1st For September the 16th And we will jump into Race number 2 we got $25,000 non-two claimers in here. And they're going to be going five and a half furlongs on the main track. This is more of a, maybe like an early exotic single because I don't think we're going to get a massive price on the five. American Unity, who's three to one on the morning line, but could be like a strong second choice in here if the money goes to Sag Harbor. So American Unity, great spot with some pace from The Cowboy, Lonesome Sand, Tap It Speed. Feel like all of them will have enough speed To help set up for American Unity Coming from off the pace, cutting back to 5.5 Just feel like some of the races that he's Coming out of, seeing the race behind Robin the Rich um, They just feel like They're some of the stronger races And he's actually performed pretty well In them, so American Unity Early on at Indiana Grand Early exotic single there We move along to Race number 3 And the number 1 Current Climate, 6-1 to one on the morning line Her debut was super impressive I'm just, I'm so worried about her sprinting from the rail Now, you hear me talk a lot about how I don't like that With particular horses in particular spots Or, you know, in a sprint like this But here's the reason why I'm going to give Current Climate In this case, a spot that I, I may not give to some others So, impressive debut, went off the pace and in this race, it's only a small field, and it, it looks like three of them are going to be on the lead and in front of Current Climate. So Current Climate can break and maybe just sit inside. Shy Money, Stylin' Uptown, and Fuet are all very quick. They're all going to want to be right up close to the pace. And if that's the case... It's not as if we're talking about a field of 10 where current climate's going to get in some trouble inside and shuffled back. She might have three horses go out in front and she might be able to sit sort of fourth inside and get a really good trip. Very Amelia isn't really fast. She's sort of got some of that tracking positional speed that current climate has. And fancified is probably the slowest of the bunch. So I don't know if she's going to get in as much trouble as I initially would have thought for a, a filly like this Sprinting from the rail, let's see if current climate can sit a great trip in here. We'd need around. You wouldn't want to take less than four to one though, because we still want to make sure she. You demand value because she does need to get that trip. As we move to race number four for Thursday, Indiana Grand Optional Forty Allowance here, a mile and sixteenth on the main track. The two home base just catches a group, but there is no other speed, and we just have to ask. How far will he go? He's won at seven furlongs. He's been a runner up at a mile, has not won at a mile in a 16th, and he's stretching out from six furlongs. He'll be right on the engine. They can get him to relax. He's the one to run down, and he's tough to leave out of any of your exotics for that reason. He should be cruising on the front end in here. Six to one on the morning line. We had him stacked at seven to one. That is, or we had him stacked at seven to two. That is home base there, the number two. So three plays over at Indy. Early exotic single in the 2nd, the number 5 American Unity in the 3rd The number 1, Current Climate We'd need at least 4-1 to one. And in the 4th, the number 2, Home Base Who we had stacked at 7-2 Let's get to Canterbury for Thursday Get those past performances out For race number 1 We'll start right off the bat And take a look at the 1st for September the 16th And I'm looking at the 9 We've got Maiden 25,000 claimers in here They're going to be going uh, a mile 70 on the turf course. Bright side of life. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta be down because I want it all. Bright side of life. Going to go second start off the bench. This Philly had a brutal start on August the 1st. And she completely missed the break. She was 10 lengths off. She was kind of traveling weird early. She made a big, wide move, and she showed some ability. And she had not run since March of 2020, so she had to need that race. They've given her plenty of time to recover since. She's been off for six weeks now. She should be set for a big one. The number nine, bright side of life. If she's anything in the three-to-one range, we'll make a win wager on her in the opener at Canterbury on Thursday. We move to race number three. We got a stakes race here. The Tom Metzen HBPA. $50,000 stakes. Six furlongs. The distance. I'm looking at the number three, Samurai Cause. Samurai Cause is an excellent form. He's a multiple winner here at Canterbury. He likes this trip. And in his recent races, he's been very successful in three consecutive. He won two of his last three and in the In his last four starts, he's lost to two horses, Wild Behavior and the Alligator Hunter. He finished second behind Wild Behavior, and he finished seventh behind the Alligator Hunter. So the two horses who beat him, Wild Behavior, has won four in a row. The sixth place finisher from that August 10th race came back to win an Oklahoma bred allowance next out. The Alligator Hunter has actually crossed the wire first in five straight races. Two of them stakes. He got DQ'd in one of them. Recently his last start wasn't the greatest But he was in excellent form Right then when Samurai Cause Ran into him And from the way this race shapes up on paper You got Market King down Inside who's going to be forwardly placed You got Minister of Soul who's pretty quick You got Bayou Gem who Showed a lot more speed last time Out and you got Locomotor who's Really really quick Market Analysis is I don't know if he's got the sprint speed To keep up with some of the others Because he's been going a little longer lately But you'd imagine they're going to want to try To get him to within a few lengths I don't know if they're going to want to make him a stone cold closer And that Should bode very well for Samurai Cause In here The number 3 Samurai Cause He's 5-1 to one on the morning line Anything around 7-2 to two feels fair As we move to Race number 8 And this is a 6.5 for a long Optional claiming first level allowance The two she began again Just feels like she's going to get a perfect Trip coming from off the pace in here A good amount of speed And she just is a, in really nice Form of the speeds Now Fable's first lo- uh, Fable's love affair was the other one who actually Beat her and uh, Two starts back And So you know, Fable's Love Affair could be a much better price if you're playing multi exotics. You may use both, but She Began Again feels like she's got a higher, a little bit higher ceiling. It' capable of her best, and I do think the six and a half furlongs might also be a little bit better for She Began Again. So two and four, a couple horses to keep an eye on in race number eight. She Began Again is four to one on the morning line, and then Fable's Love Affair is ten to one. Throw them into some of your late exotics. Let's get to the eleventh. Canterbury for Thursday It's the Shakopee Juvenile Going six furlongs Two year olds So in these two year old races With a lot of young And um, inexperienced horses Most of these horses that win Win because They get out of the gate They break well They show speed It doesn't always mean They're the best horses Or they're going to be The best horses down the line It means they're a little more Precocious now Than some of the others in this spot, and then when they all come together, you get a lot of times, you get all these horses that have come together, and a lot of them have one up on the pace or close to it. I'm always looking for the horses who have proven that they can sit and come from off the pace. Now, feels like the two is going to want to be close up. feels like the three, because I'm leaving, is going to want to be close up. The four, singing Spurs, is going to want to be close up. The five, running happy, can sit. Very logical. The one that interests me the most is the six, Will the Thrill. Who ran second in the debut behind Bitcoiner Made a big wide move Five path at the top of the lane Was four deep but in the five path Closed well Little green in some stretches Now adds the blinkers, gets pace, gets distance Quinonez jumps aboard There are a lot of things to like About Will The Thrill In race number 11 at Canterbury Little stakes race action $50,000 in the Shakopee Juvenile Let's go with Willie, Big Willie Styles, all in it, getting jiggy with it. Twelve to one on the morning line. We'd need at, l- I had him stacked at half that. I had him more like a six to one shot in here. So anything over that, that is fair, fair game, in uh, in my book. So Thursday over at Canterbury, September the sixteenth, race number one, Bright Side of Life, nine to two. We'd need around three to one at least in the third. The number three Samurai Cause, five to one on the morning line. We'd need at least seven to two. To make a play there. In the 8th race she began again. Also along with the 4-2-4. In in some of your rolling exotics. And in race number 11. We're looking at Will the Thrill. The number 6. He's 12-1 on the morning line. Anything around 6 feels fair there. Let's head on over. And talk a little. What if. Deep dive of episode 5 of What If. With Tim Kelly. Before we get into that one. Just want to remind you about. OldSmokeClothing.com and the high quality clothing rooted in the iconic symbols of horse racing, hats, t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, zip ups, use that promo code G-I-N-O, it'll get you free shipping on your order from OldSmokeClothing.com. Episode 5, what if, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Tim Kelly joins me for another Recap, review, scene by scene, deep dive It's episode 5 of What If with Tim Kelly We are now up to episode 5 of What If Disney's Marvel uh, animated show on Disney Plus Where they ask the question What if things went uh, a little different uh, Than the way we saw them in this MCU In this Marvel Universe that we know And Tim Kelly has joined me every week to talk about what if he joined me for all of the recaps Of the recent Marvel TV shows We've also talked Black Widow We may be going to see Shang-Chi soon And we'll talk about that as soon as we do But TK, I gotta say It feels like you know. And now looking back I, I haven't disliked any of these episodes But the 3, 4, and 5 Really took a different feel for me These feel like some of the darkest things That we've ever seen from Marvel This is sort of what People wanted a completely different approach And they're really seeming To kind of take all of these Characters that we grew to know and love For years and years and years And like kill them off Change them turn them into zombies Do all these things to I think prepare us for The future what's coming next And let us know hey remind us These people aren't going to be a part of What's what's to come and Man I've really enjoyed these last Three weeks episode two was super Emotional also but the last three Have just had a different feel to them
1: Yeah I love that this thing Exists and that's what I I Love about this show is that each Episode has had that different feel To it a different twist and uh, All all along I've been looking forward to this one I think the promise of this series, a, a major aspect of that was that they were going to do a zombies episode that they were, that was going to be real. It was going to be MCU proper Marvel zombies. It seems like a, a dream come true. And that's kind of the whole premise of this show. This series is just uh, dreams coming true. Like what if we did this crazy thing and they're, they're, they're going through with it. I mean, it's Disney, but they they actually managed to pull off some, you know, pretty solid, gruesome zombie action in this uh, in
0: this episode. I think there uh, is one they obviously I think they obviously did this. Uh, something that you notice quite a bit in these last two episodes in particular um, is that uh, or I guess it would be, you know, two of the last couple, two of the last three episodes. They're making kind of reminding you about Hank Pym someone who in the comic books was was someone who was much more important than how he's been portrayed in the movies so far. He was always one of the smartest people alive and a much more important character <clears throat> and figure in the comics and in the movies he you know he was smart and he just he wasn't in some of the bigger movies, he didn't even play quite as big of a role. So it is interesting that In five episodes so far two of them Hank Pym has had a very major role In things that happen in these episodes
1: Yeah I didn't think too much about that And it's great that they're doing it I mean we got Michael Douglas and I believe he voiced Hank Pym in the last one I can't recall if there was even any dialogue in this one But just the fact that they are bringing up That character is kind of cool Because he was a little bit superseded by uh, The Scott Lang character Paul Rudd so lovable as an actor and that character worked so well and uh, it, they kind of skipped over Hank Pym that was kind of backstory to the Ant-Man that they chose to uh, focus on but uh, it's cool that they're fleshing out uh what is a, a really deep character there's a lot to that backstory and there's a lot uh involved in Marvel Zombies specifically and uh with uh, a lot a lot of uh, drama melodrama that mm-hmm. actually happened with his character And you know, I believe he was a, kind of an abusive boyfriend And they, that, that's a, a subject matter That Marvel was uh, not afraid to tackle Back in I want to say the 80s When it came out
0: So like in any zombie movie Zombie TV show You're going to have to establish the rules Of this world at some point What are the rules with these zombies And they do it in a really fun refreshing way That's like exactly like Zombieland where, you know, yeah. he's going through the rules And it's, and then, you know, Peter There's the one point where Peter is is filming himself It's kind of like his DIY zombie video uh, Showing, you know, exactly how all this stuff works it, It's really funny Then he introduces some of the people who are still alive uh, Happy, Kurt, Bucky, Okoye, uh, Sharon um, And uh, we, you know, so Peter is a big, big part of this particular episode, and it's interesting because this Spider-Man and this Peter Parker, this is not voiced by Tom Holland, um, although he he sounds very good too, uh, very yeah. very close. It, you, you know, you, once you get into it for a minute, you can't really tell. Uh, he he's the Peter that's not yet a member of the Avengers. He's not the Peter that Parker that we've just seen in his most recent Spider-Man movies. He's still. Kind of finding himself and he's not even an Avenger yet until he kind of gets the invitation uh, Towards the end of this episode so he plays a a really big role in this and I thought that was Kind of funny the way they told us the rules of this universe with them uh, you know playing off a zombie land in the in the video
1: it was so perfect too because it very much fit the style and the motifs of the the MCU Spidey that we know and uh even though it wasn't Tom Holland uh, it felt like That Spider-Man that version of Spider-Man It didn't feel out of place and mm-hmm. uh, it, Not just the voice they actually did A different uh, Spider-Man Outfit I don't know if Sony doesn't own The, the rights to that or something This is like the
0: Disneyland that... version I think right like the costume That he wears yeah there, There's a, there's definitely some, Something so that it's, it's Very in- interesting and Just to you know remember That we are in this particular episode Kind of the start of Infinity War that, yeah. That's where we pick up So some of the things that happened recently You know have not happened to this character Or to some of these characters that we see in here Because we open with Bruce crashing through the stairs In the, san- uh, in the Sanctorum But there's no Wong and there's no Doctor Strange there And then when he walks out and he looks around He thinks he has already missed it He's coming to warn everybody about Thanos. He thinks Thanos has already uh, done it. He thinks the snaps already happened. He thinks the world's already been destroyed, but he sees the zombies out there. And and so we know we're set for uh, a zombie uh, episode. And what did you think about some of the rules in particular of these zombies? Because, you know, every movie and TV show, like I was saying, has slightly different rules. But these particular ones don't – they – When they become a zombie they don't really lose All of their faculties they can still use Their powers they can still use their tools That was a little different than you know the Kind of you know uh, undead You know slow walking zombies That we see in a lot of others that Don't seem to have any like mental Capacity
1: Yeah, and I think it was important that they kind of made that decision in the writing that they would hold on to their powers and their mental uh, capacities because that's what's interesting about seeing these superheroes turn into zombies. If they were just mindless zombies, it would just be almost like a skin on them, like in a video game. Mm -hmm. But this is where I actually see them use their powers and stuff, and they establish those rules visually right off the bat by just showing the the zombie versions of them using the powers on um what are the guys it's uh it's thanos's minions i'm blanking on their names but a really cool kind of uh retread of of that sequence from uh infinity war but uh with a few key elements swapped out there and i just love how also how it's like he's expecting one apocalypse but he gets a completely different apocalypse right there
0: uh yeah we got a big mention for the first time in the MCU, we got a mention of Uncle Ben. Now yes. we've we've seen the name show up or the initials show up on one of Peter's suitcases, but you know we all well, speculated what those initials were. But this was the first time that Uncle Ben was actually mentioned, which is you know very very important, and it will help to you know continue to add layers to the Peter Parker character.
1: Yeah, and I think they probably didn't mention Uncle Ben in the MCU so far because it had been done twice already in, in the Raimi and the, uh, the amazing Spider-Man, the Garfield versions. Uh, So I think that was like a conscious effort in the MCU up until this point to kind of just not redo that story again on screen and just uh, kind of just allude to it more. Uh, And I love the, the way that they've kind of built his backstory. I love Marissa Tomei as, uh, as Aunt May uh, and I'm interested to see or, and find out more about what the Uncle Ben in this world uh, looked like I don't know am I m- not remembering something from the movies Have Have we, we they, they didn't show any pictures or anything no. of him. In the, no no the-
0: no me neither no, yeah, so no exactly so we don't no It's funny I actually watched the initial the 2002 Spider-Man the first one uh, just last night I had it kind of it on in the background I uh, wasn't sure when we were going to talk about it I was kind of curious to, to see some of the You know just some of the things that are different And um yeah and uh We This is a good Peter This is a good Peter even though it's not Tom Like he does a really good job portraying Peter In this episode and this is a very Important episode for Peter because you know He's growing up and we we see Him have some Key moments and some um Some pivotal interactions here One thing that Is been really fun about This particular show And what is great about the MCU in in general is When you kind of are able to take characters that you like But you never really thought about them interacting And then you put them together And it's just magic I think um, on one of the the recaps I was listening to Mallory Rubin was talking about You know, when you put Thor with the Guardians And it's just, oh, these two are just great You never realized how much you wanted Them together and then when you put them together It's just magic even like the interactions In episode 2 with T'Challa and the Guardians there Were great and then in this particular Episode just at the very end When it's you know T'Challa And Peter and Scott there The three of them together was just a lot Of fun and just different it's like oh these These guys are fun you know that's It's really cool when you've created all these different Characters and all these different worlds and then For the you know, these characters cross paths that you never were expecting. And uh, you can really feel it in this episode and a lot through this series.
1: Yeah, it's got that like childhood uh, fan bo- uh, or sandbox kind of vibe to it where you're, you're taking your toys. You got like your Ninja Turtles with your GI. Exactly. And you're making it all work in your head. And uh, that's that's the fun thing about this. They're mashing up IPs. Um, And that's that's the promise of this. They have such deep IP and beloved IP. The fact that they're making it familiar in that they're getting like the cast uh, consistent mostly from the MCU and they're keeping the aspects of these characters recognizable so that we can kind of latch on to them. But then they're just throwing in those twists. They're keeping it fun. It's like it's a very novel uh, experience. And it works because they're delivering some interesting stories And those, those mashups of the characters they're, they're delivering on that They're making those moments kind of interesting And they're having some, uh, some fun stuff happen More than just quips this, this episode had a lot of quips But I think there was, some, there was some meat there too
0: Yeah, and another fun episode In that we have so many of those major characters In this episode I mean, Right off the bat, we see Tony Stark uh, Strange, Wong uh, Bruce Banner, we see Ebony Maw and Call Obsidian Hope, Spider-Man Gets in the mix, then we see both the Van Dynes in, uh go- The Golden Gate Bridge, you get this Team that comes out uh, Hawkeye, Nat, Cap, Iron Man And Ch'challa. Uh, we get Happy, Kurt, Bucky Barnes Okoye, Sharon Carter All up in the mix here too So there is a ton, you know, we Glimpses of Thanos Falcon comes out Unleashing the crows You know he's like evil zombie Falcon The cloak of levitation is basically The star of this episode <laughs> He said right. the cloak saves Peter A few times and is, is, is actually like Adds quite a bit to this So uh, then you to get a
1: vision Of some good cloak action
0: Right yeah vision and in, uh, in, in The Scarlet Witch so th- This was just loaded In 30 minutes with a lot, almost all of our major, major characters. Yeah, they fit a lot of plot in it
1: too. I mean, they packed a lot of characters in, and uh, you know what? You need to when you're doing a zombie story because you got to have fodder. You know, like a, a lot of these people don't make it to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but that's the fun of it. You know, they, they get their moments. Uh, and they do a lot of the horror tropes as well. And they use. Uh, Spidey and Peter's uh, You know Peter Parker's character to to kind of As a conduit for that sort of thing He's very much the Jamie Kennedy from Scream Kind of character a little mm-hmm. bit But yeah. it's also something that's consistent what he's, With what he's done in the films so far And just referencing movies all the time This time we just got to focus on a horror movie
0: Yeah this, this was a lot of fun um, And we'll get into Our deep dive of episode Five of What If Zombies here Zombies 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 We begin like always With the watcher letting us know One key thing too that we're starting to see TK is that the watcher Is getting closer He's much more in the frame Now yeah. when he's talking Before we didn't even really see him at all He, You know when he was talking and he, And he would be there was a world that, you know we'd see him in, in the universe in, in between but then once he set up a story He wasn't involved and now he's Getting closer and closer more involved He's like right there so Just uh, really really uh, You know expecting Some sort of change from this character that You know we weren't sure if he was A good or a bad character whatsoever And we've been starting To get glimpses over the last few weeks that There is some Sense of morals good and and bad and and perhaps that maybe this watcher does want to step in and and involve himself or itself mm. in in some of these things
1: yeah we get the sense that he's a character in the story he's not just the, the narrator mm-hmm. uh and they're they're telling us that uh, slowly but surely uh and that visual cue that you you mentioned there that he's getting closer and he's also he's kind of coming out of the shadows too he goes from sort of a silhouette to a more detailed you know uh, vision of him uh, right up in the frame uh, And I think that's certainly Got to be something that's intentional And hinting towards uh, his, A greater involvement down the line So yeah, he's not just some uh, Omniscient narrator Who's going to be uh, you know, Out of the mix I think he's going to get his hands dirty at some point
0: and, uh, The Watcher sets us all up What if, Dr. Bruce Banner The human hiding within the Hulk Fell from the stars to warn humanity Of imminent danger but the world he found was not the one he recognized And it's just like that start of Infinity War Bruce crashing through the stairs of The Sanctum Sanctorum But no Doctor Strange, no Wong He looks around, hello, anyone got any clothes? Uh, he gets clothed up And he looks outside And he thinks He thinks, like you said He might have already been late for one disaster But there's another completely different disaster That he's walked into He then Runs into Ebony Maw and Col Obsidian. They show up through a portal, and Bruce is trying to get the Hulk to come out, but he will not. He won't agree with them. And this is right out of that same scene in uh, it was an Infinity War when he says, "You're you're embarrassing me in front of the Wizard." Or was it something something like that, right? Or at some point. Um. So this is uh, this is similar, and you know, anytime we get a look at uh Ebony Maw, Col Obsidian, um, and this is quick. Tim, for you know mm-hmm. Tony to jump out of the portal In quick they establish Right away that this isn't your Normal Tony uh, Bruce gets excited He and he Sees Tony to the rescue he even says Oh you guys are screwed And then they start Not only Tony but Wong and Doctor Strange start eating Cull and Obsidian and some of the Other uh, uh, figures Around so we know that these guys are zombies, but they're not these, you know, dead-like zombies. Tony's still using his palm repulsor. He's using the Iron Man suit, and he's able to move around at the same kind of speed that he always did.
1: Yeah, and uh, like I said before, that I like how that instantly kind of just cues you in on the rules of this universe, you know. And you don't need Spider-Man to kind of give you a video to kind of just know— right then and there how this whole thing works that they retained their abilities but they're still for some reason driven to just eat human flesh indiscriminately
0: so bruce says wait are you guys oh and he's obviously creeped out and when they turn around we get the look on all their faces they are zombies as bruce screams no 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 but for the first time in this episode, it's the cloak of levitation to the rescue. The cloak saves Bruce from being eaten. And then a swarm of ants shows up and is able to save him. We find out that it's the, the wasp, Evangeline Lily, here uh, voicing her character. And Bruce is freaking out. Oh, my God, this is so disgusting. I'm going to bomb it. I'm going to bomb it. As uh, the wasp tells him, you'll be safe with them. And who with the giant ants And who are you And She says that she's all that's left He, he begs her not to eat me And uh, and then Spider-Man Swoops in and saves him So we, we kind of see that there has been uh, A team of survivors Assembled First one is the cloak Then uh, the next one it's hope And uh, the third one so far that we see Is Spider-Man They are well the cloak is the cloak but these two have not been Infected they are still their Normal selves and they have come in And they have recently saved Bruce So uh, okay we know right off the bat Now a couple of our our uh, Heroes are zombies But we do have a little team of heroes That uh, have not been infected And they can at least Assemble and, and, and try to uh, Try to move forward uh, With Peter, Spidey, with Bruce And with Hope
1: yeah, it's pretty cool, too, because it's kind of an underdog team. You know, spider, uh, Spider-Man spider at this point is v- still very green, like you mentioned earlier. You've got Hope, uh, who's more of a side character to, to Ant-Man, uh, you know, at least at this point uh, in the story and to end. In the eyes of fans, I would say that's probably the case. So we're getting to see some like underused, underseen characters. Not that Spider-Man is, is an example of that. But also the uh, introduction is really – it packs a lot of uh, punch. It was some really cool moments there. The uh, the ants coming in and just kind of disintegrating everybody was a just a very cool visual moment. And, and it happened in a, kind of a shocking – uh, standout way. And I love that moment of, of Spidey just swooping in and swinging away, uh, saving the day. Uh, it was, it was really cool, kind of surreal to see, to see Spidey uh, again. I don't know. It reminded me of the first time when we, we saw him in, uh, in civil war, just like not being, even knowing he was coming and that he could be there, just not being used to that. Like the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, uh, intermingling with these these characters, it still has a, a fresh, like novel kind of appeal to it because I think they're so limited with how much Spider-Man they you know they've done so far.
0: The Watcher lets us know that uh, like too many great catastrophes. This one sprang from a place of love and hope. Play on uh, words there. Um, this is going to be now another episode where we see you know not only Hank and then Vision at the end. Doing crazy things out of love Just like we saw Doctor Strange Do in another episode of this Previously so that's become That's a theme that was All throughout WandaVision You know what she did to try to save Vision and to try to create this bubble Of a life for them so that's really Becoming a major theme In some of these more recent uh, uh, Marvel projects As Hank Pym Doctor Hank Pym journeyed into the quantum realm Searching for his long lost wife But in this universe Janet Van Dyne Contracted a quantum Virus that corrupted her brain So when she finally reunited With her husband after 30 long Years we see that Janet Is a zombie and she Infects Hank as they are on their Way back from the quantum realm So when they show up here and Hope Van Dyne goes to see them She goes to meet with her mom and dad And she sees that Janet Is a zombie so as soon as Janet uh as soon as Hope sees this she dodges her mother and Janet actually goes right after Scott she infects Scott Lang and all we see is this scene it's like a a scene that we get a lot in zombie movies where you get the hand up against the wall it's kind of a horror yeah. movie thing but it's uh, the only thing i can think of of course is titanic you know <laughs> it's is the moment when they're in the uh, in the car there you get that scene where you get Scott's hand just up against the the glass and in the fogged up room Going down so at this point We're led to believe that Scott is now uh, Also uh, man down And that they're showing us Exactly how all of this happened So this is how the, the virus came and spread So quickly they came in right away People didn't even know about it And uh, immediately You get Scott infected You get Hank you get Janet and they're gonna Obviously go and continue to pass this thing on
1: yeah, and it's because it goes directly to basically people with superpowers that they're able to also infect uh, the Avengers so quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's isn't it? It's Hank's shrunken down version in a in a scene later that when he bites uh, the neck of I think Captain America. That's what kind of gets it all started. But um it just this, uh, this thing happens fast. It all happens like exponentially. You know, this
0: badass group shows up at the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, it yes. looks so cool when they get off of the. Uh... Uh, They get off the jet The watcher tells us that within 24 hours The entire Pacific Northwest was infected Ironically it was The Avengers heroism That sealed humanity's fate So they go there to try to You know to try to stop it To try to jump in to try to help And it's Cap it's Tony Stark It's T'Challa it's Nat and it's Hawkeye But they all get infected At least we think We see Cap, Stark, Nat Hawkeye we don't see whatever what ends up Happening to T'Challa we just see kind of Him in the battle uh, But as they get infected They all have use of their powers And because of Once uh, because once Earth's Mightiest heroes joined the infected No one else stood a chance Unless of course they knew the rules So as you mentioned now These super powered individuals Can spread this virus All over with the use of their powers, and this thing just goes crazy across the entire Pacific Northwest, across the entire United states. and And we only see uh, we see a few of the remaining survivors left. And this is when Peter lets us know with that zombie land video. And this thing is great, Tim. This is really funny. Yeah. It is, you know, they put up the graphics like for each person when they introduce them, like a video game title card graphic um, yeah. animated. And it, it just looks great. Peter explains as we get each character, um, he tells us New York, home of the Mets, the Chrysler building, and those ladies from Sex in the City, and now the zombie apocalypse. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But first, you have to not get eaten. Uh, step one, long sleeves And Happy's out there And so he's filming and Happy like always oh, Come on, what, do I have to be wearing this? Happy's wearing a t-shirt that says I'm not single, I'm saving myself for Thor <laughs> <laughs> And um, on, on Happy's little title card here It says Happy Never actually happy Skills, <laughs> driving, coffee And boxing <laughs> Um, So this was funny Nice, was,
1: uh, nice night the Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow uh, Beating him up in Iron Man 2, I think
0: There were funny nods in all of these little uh, little Tidbits, you know, for for all of them As uh, Happy Peter's directing Happy and Happy You know, He's not being the best actor here he's, Come on, Happy, the safety of the world depends on it And action, zombies And here comes Kurt, he's playing the role of Zombie, Kurt Resident weirdo perhaps a little uh, nod To resident evil uh, playing uh, you know the Zombie character he comes out and they Show his title card his skills are Languages Slavic folklore and crime (laughs) and uh, That was hilarious we next we get the uh, we Get the Peter with his camera and Kurt they go To see Bucky Bucky is great in this Episode and and I love Sebastian Stan in These episodes that we've seen him in What if he just he feels like he's Loving it he's just such like an ass More sarcastic but not not bad guy but Just like doesn't give an F you know so We pop up on him in the shower and we Get buff a Bucky graphic Bucky Barnes, silent but deadly, skills, murder, killer arm, and a heavy sleeper. So uh, we get a look at Kurt and then Bucky.
1: Yeah, I like how Bucky's got the uh, Wakanda version of his arm here. I thought that was an interesting uh, tidbit. He's got some great action in this episode. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but his his showdown with Cap really stands out to me. And uh, yeah, Sebastian Stan, they they really let him deliver – a lot of quips uh, Mm -hmm. as the different parts of Bucky uh, in the animated form, which is definitely um, something I think they did on purpose uh, just to kind of go completely against the grain from what we're used to with what we see in in the film version of him.
0: So Bucky uh, puts his hand around Kurt's neck. He says, you know, all I have to do is squeeze, right? Uh, Peter calms him down as they're just kind of joking and filming this video as they now take a look at Sharon Carter step three always aim for the head <laughs> or step two was to make sure that you uh you're never more vulnerable than you're in your birthday suit less pheromones you give off the better so step one long sleeve step two hygiene step three always aim for the head so loved these things TK I'm sure you had them when you were little the, uh the little stick' darts yeah, and he he shoots right at her head and you and it hits her right in the forehead so this was uh a look at sharon her title card and graphic Says the blonde bond Skills spycraft First aid and eulogies <laughs> Or uh, uh, Her part in speaking at what Aunt peggy's uh aunt peggy's funeral Not So no. Yeah just cool like little Little things that somebody's like yeah let's uh Let's have some fun with this we need to be th- We need to get that job tim like let's be The people that get to come up with those things right That's cool <laughs> I, uh, um so where are we at Yeah so Peter just tells us about step 3 And then Okoye Shows up She's now looking for Chichala, Is uh you know she's Taking a more serious tone here General Okoye of the Dora Milaje Wakandan Royal Guard I swore an oath my king went missing With the Avengers weeks ago and for the first time Since the outbreak we actually have a reason to hope A beacon just came in over the wires Another survivor camp Claims to have made progress on a cure Okay, so we hear that there is a possible cure Peter Parker says, whoa, global crisis solved High fives all around Uh, Bucky says, no, not quite The Beacon's location was corrupted in transit We have no idea where it came from So it looks like your message is in non-linear hex code So they know that there is some progress on a cure But they don't know exactly where it is quite yet They're trying to figure it out And Sharon is able to let him know it is. It's Camp Lehigh in New Jersey. Shields' first base of operations could have the equipment you need to fabricate a cure. So we'll leave at sundown. So we have a team assembled here. Tim, we've got a, a now who shows up to help them. She's looking for T'Challa. We've got Sharon. We've got Peter. We've got Happy. We've got Bruce. Together, and we're a pretty solid uh Kurtz yeah. in the Kurtz in the mix here too. Like we still got a pretty solid team, even with a lot of the A A players not in the mix. Hope still here with uh you know with lots of abilities there. So a, a solid group. Definitely. And that's one of the cool things about comics too.
1: Like you have all these different lineups. Like like you look at the the comic covers, like there's so many different lineups of the avengers throughout the year and that's what we're kind of seeing here we're seeing an iteration of the avengers in this zombie land you know version of of the mcu and um very cool also we we got uh another mention of camp lehigh new New jersey that's a a location that pops up in a lot of different uh things it was where um captain america trained i believe that's it's also where uh uh hank pym uh did a lot of his research back in the day, as well as um, uh, Stark, Howard Stark. Uh, so there's a lot of history back there. Obviously, they mentioned it's where Shield uh, had its first base of operations. So it makes sense that those guys would be in and out of that a lot. But uh, we're back to New Jersey again. We were back in New Jersey for WandaVision. I think the MCU likes New Jersey. They like New York. Maybe it's a tri-state I, area. I, I think don't they know.
0: saw that Feige is from New Jersey. And, uh, and there right. are a couple people I think a couple other like of the major storytellers that are from the area, so it seems like they may just know that area really well and maybe be able to tell a little bit uh, feel like they could add a little to their storytelling as uh, yeah. N- yeah, we're right here in in New York now, and yeah. we show so up we at- should we should
1: uh, mention how good the uh their base was. I don't know if we touched on that their no. the, the visual base was really cool, it was like spider man had. Like tied together, all these train cars uh, and and strung them up in his webs, like in the buildings. And I thought visually that was really cool. I can imagine, uh, you know, being a kid and having like a playset of that. Like that would be like the dream. Yes,
0: yes you're right. Like, a playset like that, but uh, it's yeah, like I thought that was what, between the towers. And you know what? I actually saw on one of the recaps I was watching too that when. So two thousand two was when Spider Man came out, and well, I believe get, this there was like this, a scene yeah. in the original Spider Man where he had a web between the two to- the twin towers. It was and, in the
1: trailer, actually, at the yeah, time.
0: And they had took and, uh, it out of the trailer and removed it. And this was yeah. this wasn't the tower, but just it, it it reminded you of that, right? It had that similar look where he tied he tied them up and they were up suspended because they were, you know, Tied to other buildings
1: Yeah uh, As soon as you started uh, Mentioning that it, I instantly Connected the dots On, on that one Because it was it's very similar It's the, the exact same concept Like Where he, he right. I believe it in the trailer And it, the whole trailer Initially was like Based around that It was like A, a, a heist or something With a helicopter And Spidey Interrupts them and catches them between the, the twin towers, and there's this great shot of him uh, having caught the the helicopter. I think you could probably find it on YouTube or somewhere. It's probably still out there and available. But it was it's it, on one hand, all, all of all the horrible things that happened on 9/11, uh, just add that to the to the mix that we lost a really badass. Uh, uh, sequence there, not that it, that pales in comparison to the loss. Obviously, you know I say this on the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, of, we're recording
0: it. it is crazy that we're recording it today, and and it, that we noted that we saw that 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 was something that just came out. Yeah, and it, it was it got that it's that same feel. You're right of just that that look of 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 the that was in the trailer, and we uh, we're here now at uh, at Grand Central, and it's great because Happy's driving. And he says, or right before they leave He says, well, just when you think things couldn't get any worse We gotta go to Jersey And and then, zombie Freaking apocalypse, and somehow I'm still Driving, Okoye takes a crack What's the problem? I thought you were an Uber driver No, I'm a personal chauffeur There's a difference So as they're driving to New York they're, uh, The car is tiny They they They're shrunk down to stay off the radar And at one point, there's a zombie That's actually right on the top Of the the hood right on the front of the, uh, their car So they have to push the button to expand And the car just destroys the, zam- the Zombie and they're, they're at Grand Central Station So Hope Banner, Parker They go to try to hotwire the train And <laughs> Kurt says it sounds like A job for a criminal so he jumps in to help And Peter laughs Because Okoye you know, Is giving everybody instructions And he says uh, splitting up do you guys just not have horror movies in Wakanda? <laughs> this is this is the uh, the Scream character here, yeah. right? This is uh, Rand is Randy, I think that the name of the character that uh, Jamie Kennedy plays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Okoye jokes. Uh, we don't need them. We have American reality shows. As uh, Kurt says Boom goes the dynamite That was a solid burn on all of us (laughs) Just some some fun humor there As they do end up Splitting up and they try to get The train going but it's not Working they're locked out of the gearbox And Hope Mentions that uh, she can jump start The engine from the inside The spark ignition isn't firing though But they need someone to give Them a push and it is your uh, friendly, resourceful neighborhood smi- Spider-Man who figures out that he can use his web and create enough torque to to get the momentum going they need. So if she's basically together, he can get the thing going. She can press the but she can get in there and and press the button, and they should be able to get this train going. It's actually pretty. A pretty ingenious idea. Not not the most difficult thing when you just think about the power, uh, you know, that he can he can use with the webs there. So it's pretty cool seeing him doing it and holding on here as he's trying to, you know, build this this momentum up. There's zombies that are kind of gaining on on him from behind, but he can't really move. He's just got to sit there and hold it. I thought it was all a, a pretty cool scene here in this, you know, in the in the subways of uh, of Grand Central.
1: Yeah, and it's cool when um, you know. P- can be clever and stuff i think it's important uh an important aspect of his character you know that he's this uh, uh kind of a genius this boy genius that's an aspect that they um played up in certain aspects in the sam raimi version and i, I like that uh they have it i mean you know some people actually criticize it a little bit saying they go a little bit too hard on uh making him like um like a tony stark jr a, a little bit but uh it's nice that that he he's he comes into his own and and you know he's a, he's a, a clever superhero
0: so peter um he's he's doing his best and happy <laughs> um happy is uh is using the palm repulsor yes. and he he runs into some birds and it it's hilarious because when he's using it He makes the noise himself Blam 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 <laughs> and, and, and He thinks it's somebody And it, he realizes it's just birds But that, that's a little a bit of a, uh, a Nod for what's about, what's about to come Sharon jokes And looks at him and says were you just saying blam And he says oh yeah I mean was I uh, Yeah, you know." Oh and, and then all of a sudden The Things change Happy again is making those noises As he's using the palm repulsor But he's gone I though
1: he, he gets shot with something right Like, yeah. like a ground
0: hook uh, arrow I believe it was Yeah and it kind of comes out of nowhere From, yeah. from, from behind that they're, that they're not expecting And then we see With the birds We can kind of start to put a couple things Two and two together now Who, you know, who with the arrows And who with the birds And we see uh, Sharon lets us know man down man down We lost Happy Peter's freaking out no not happy She says I think it was And we see zombie falcon who, who has unleashed these birds And he's unleashing crows all over He's flying all over And he's in this fun battle With as She's trying to, to battle and, and to avoid him And we see hawkeye So we knew uh, shooting the arrow Came from And there again Zombies but fully able to use Their powers fully able to You know to think to have all of their Faculties so they are Not just your Normal zombie like you said that's a Story that we see in everything else People turn into zombies the fact That these superheroes turn into Zombies and still can be You know still can have those kind of Powers is why this thing Is is literally spread So so quickly Exactly.
1: It's like when they got the Avengers, it was it was like, you know, throwing gasoline on the fire for the whole thing. It just exponentially uh, sped up the spread there because these powers uh, that were now being used to to spread the virus, you know, solely. And it's interesting to think, like, what's going on in their heads? Like, it's just this just hunger. And that's just superseding everything. Like if they can reason to the extent that they can use their powers like how, how is the, uh, the hunger over, overpowering that, uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about, but I also thought it was kind of cool how these zombies, like the, the, the transformation happens so fast. Like, you know, they got happy here and he's, I believe he's just about to pop up in like any second now, yep. mm-hmm. um, and it's fully turned too. like, they turn in Infer- very, like, really quick. Instantly. They like, just start falling apart basically um but um I, you gotta kind of suspend your disbelief the disbelief there a little bit because it's like well how if the muscles are falling apart how are they even like generating yeah yeah how do the muscles work but like <laughs> whatever you just go with it like and um I, I think they were able to get away too with a lot of really cool fun gruesome stuff in this sequence and basically throughout the whole thing By just eliminating red blood. Like, there's really no blood that you see. I think you see a a scratch at the end of this sequence, maybe. But uh, there's no, like, dripping blood or anything anywhere. They kind of hint at, like, blood shaped liquid sometimes, but it's all green or bluish. They they never show blood.
0: We get the one scene in a minute where we get those drips on the shield again. But we don't, it's not red. No, you know, it wasn't, like, it's not the red color it's just when cap shows up the zombie cap and and after he what goes right after Sharon or he, he goes after you know and and we see the the drips it reminded me just of what we saw at Falcon and the winter Soldier when it was uh you know the new new cap when it was Wyatt when it was uh you know John Walker or uh you know and uh and, and that that same sort of oh that, that's what's been really great about this you know last You know few months in this era of mcu Is just their willingness to Get a little darker and they did it smart in here like you said without Overwhelming us with blood All over the place
1: Um, I think they allowed them to go further with it uh, By just you know Just by you know toning the color down Like they were actually able to show quite a bit And then they're also able to do Like a lot of like pretty gory Implied and obscured violence Too Uh, so it just It never felt like um, it, it never felt like that danger wasn't there mm-hmm. You know it, it felt like they were, you know, These characters were getting ripped apart And it, it it didn't seem like they were shying away From that you kind of have to think about it To really notice those, those details
0: So we then get A zombie Happy And Sharon fighting And we've got Bucky shooting at the falcon So Sharon's fighting with Happy she's able to turn the palm Repulsor around at him and when she does, she says, sorry, happy, <laughs> blam. And she mocks him. It's cold. She <laughs> they were just chilling together. They were, they they were, were friends. So, I know. It's, it's, he was right there. <laughs> that was brutal. She's just making fun of him. Sorry, Happy. Blam. And then and then, right as Falcon is about to bite and infect Bucky, Okoye saves Falcon. Uh, save Okoye uh, saves Bucky. She slices Falcon right in half, right down the middle through his head, like right through his brain. And Bucky wow. says, you know, she said, she tells Bucky, That was your friend. I'm sorry about that. He says, I should be sad, but I'm not. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Another cool one. <laughs> like, damn. So now we, we, we gotta do remember that these guys. <laughs> They're coming together in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before that, they were very much frenemy and not even really friends. But I mean, he got sliced right in half and says, "I should be sad, but I'm not." I
1: thought, honestly, if 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 I can be critical, I thought those two moments were a little bit like. I agree. Kind of made it unbelievable. Like, wait a minute, like why are they quipping right now. This you is know? like this would be kind of a heavy moment, and if this were if we were taking this like seriously, this really this is-
0: felt like Zombie Land. You know, like something yeah. that they were really making, like having fun with, instead of like, oh wow, we just somebody just became a zombie and then they got destroyed right in front of us. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> you know, and uh, right. um, so we then uh, get Sharon. You know. Putting on the glove And Peter tries to get The subway moving using the webs To pull and He's he's hanging on Bruce is letting him Know he's got To get ready to go and just as he's about To get get bit He's about to get infected The cloak again cloak Saved Bruce right off the bat here comes The cloak to save Peter Once again as uh Bruce this heck yeah cape And then uh the, The cloak plays such a huge role in this Episode um hope Really cool to see her playing a pivotal role Too she ends up you know going small And she gets um She goes and gets Bucky sharon and okoye They're all able to make it aboard the The uh the train here and Um our Heroes the team that we have left of Heroes is able to make it out But they did lose uh they did lose one here so you know koi even mentions to uh to Peter that you know we should have stayed together but they're on the way to Camp Lehigh they're on the uh they're on the train moving forward so we still have a, a, a group here of uh of, of serviceable heroes they just they're they're losing one by the uh, by the next by the next like every stop Just like in a horror movie or a zombie movie Everywhere you go, you go somewhere When you split up, when you're not all together Someone's going to get plucked off
1: Yeah, it's got to be one by one, right? It can't all happen at once Uh, And and I I love that trope You know, Uh, they had to kind of pay pay that off Uh, (laughs) And they had to have uh, Peter... Uh, comment on it early I, I that's just so consistent with his character that he would be making the meta jokes and relating everything to movies and whatnot and that they, they have to stick to it it's the rules you know them's the rules uh so at this point the other thing i like about that is that we know that's the trajectory like anybody's fair game uh maybe spider-man's not gonna make it through this yeah the end yeah of- like that's fair game in this so that's what that's what keeps it interesting right there those stakes so and it's it's strange i guess or maybe it's a a cheap thing to think about but it's just the way it is like if you can establish in in a in a world and a story that anybody can die then that establishes stakes that's all you kind of need to do it's really that simple
0: peter actually uh is wearing the cape and Hope says it looks good on you He says really you think I can pull it off So you know this is still the Peter who He's hes always this way He's searching approval but this is very young Unsure of himself He hasn't you know Come together with them He hasn't really had the mentorship quite yet All the way through of of Stark And so he You know he still is Still that young kid who's looking up to Big Brother and like these old these These other more proven heroes And wanting you know, wanting their praise as she says, "Maybe you'll grow into it, and they leave New York, but on the top of the train, as they're leaving, it's zombie cap, and he jumps right through and he infects Sharon, so yeah. Sharon's screaming, Bucky hears her screams, he goes to to chase after her, and he sees cap <laughs> right away. same thing it's like Sharon is getting eaten and it's not like any sadness or anything for sharon he just comes with a qu- like i think you've had enough cap <laughs> and, he- and uh <laughs> you know cap's got the shield and this is where we see those like those drips on the shield it's not red blood but we you know we oh. can tell it's it's blood or we can tell it's you know the the some substance and he gets up from feasting on sharon and he looks at bucky and we get a really cool bucky and cap battle here On this train Uh, Zombie Sharon then tries to come at Bucky But Hope uh, uh, Steps in for a little bit of backup She tries to warn Bucky She actually goes small And flies right into Sharon's mouth And when she expands She destroys Sharon But we see that Hope Has actually got a little bit of a cut On her arm and she has been infected We think Yeah. Um, The moment that Bucky and Cap Have here though was was mm. great This, this little Bucky Cap interaction Was one of my personal favorites of, of the whole episode And just the, the, the sequence Was cool, I think you had already referenced That this was one of the, the better just action Moments mm-hmm. And Cap throws The shield at Bucky But he kinda, like quickly Just kinda catches it and just Zings it right back at Cap It slices him in half The opposite way that uh, the opposite of the way that the Falcon got sliced in half from like the middle of the head down, Cap gets right. sliced right in half through the torso, and Bucky walks over to pick up the shield, and he says, "Sorry, pal. Guess this is the end of the line." <laughs> Which is, you know, was a nod to them. That was their their line to each other every every time they had a moment when Cap him. That, that was good. I, I actually really I thought too. that fit. In. It, it, right was it, was it was hilarious. It was hilarious.
1: It was a funny like reference, but also it had that, like that somber like it felt like like the character might actually say that. I, I actually bought that line, and it worked. It didn't, uh, those it other be like people, the other
0: two did. I know what you mean. Like the other two, you were a little more far fetched. When it was like, oh man, happy? She's just mocking yeah. happy right after. But this was yeah. this was a line that they said that was repeated in multiple interactions with them. These are two of the characters that I mean it would. When you think about the actual MCU, and not necessarily the first movie, but just the timeline of when we are, these are two of the earliest characters introduced. Yeah, yeah true. that we've like we've shared a journey with them as much as with anyone, with any of them, even with Bucky uh, all the way up into uh, into Falcon where he's not interacting with cap, but he, he's he's dealing with the, that relationship with Steve Rogers throughout the entire uh you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I, this was my I think my favorite part. Sorry, pal. I guess this is the end of the line, as uh, you know the line that he shared with Steve Rogers many times. And when hope expands, <laughs> she uh, she says, "Uh, guys, I'm covered in Sharon." I also thought it was pretty cool that Bucky grabs the shield and just tosses it right on his back. You know. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got the he shield. Was,
1: he was like next in line. If you think about it, he was the rightful. Uh, heir to that and he was he was confident about taking it at that at that point i mean caps you know gone it's not caps anymore for uh, certainly and uh, it's, you know, Falcon. Too. so yep. it's he's the only one and so there was really no question about it so he should have grabbed it like that
0: okoye says uh, right after uh, hope mentions that she's covered in, in sharon and we see like pieces of sharon all over the place okoye says the kid has hand sanitizer <laughs> which is a good one <laughs>
1: Oh, we have to mention though, the, the Thanos, the Thanos theory. Are you familiar with that? I think you oh, might've mentioned it. Yes,
0: yes, yes. The, the, how, why didn't somebody just fly up Thanos' butt and expand and blow him up? <laughs>
1: I saw it. I, I, that, a proof of concept in this one, although we right? went through a different, it would, it, it would have worked. I, I contend that that would have, <laughs> Thanos was a viable
0: option all along. It absolutely would have worked as, um, Bruce notices a cut on Hope's arm Hope I think you're in trouble Heart rate's elevated Temperature's not going in the right direction And Hope Is like She actually really stands out a lot in this episode too Because she saves the day quite a bit She's there right off the bat to save Bruce She Helps to save Bucky And then she sacrifices herself To save all of them in just a moment and And she doesn't even think about it that, that's that's the true To me one of the true meanings Of a hero when we see these superheroes and In these movies Ones that are always willing to sacrifice Themselves for the greater good Without even thinking about it It's an instant you don't even have to ponder it She tells him you know what you have to do No no we could be minutes away from a cure Okoye wants them to hold on But she says Can we really take that risk Peter says it's not risk it's hope Anyone who's seen a zombie movie knows that's the key to survival. Plus, it's it's in your name, and that's gotta mean something. <laughs> and, um, she says, Oh, kid, how do you do it? Is it see all these movies? A V Club. And she laughs. No. How do you stay so upbeat after everything? And this was a, a very sweet moment where he said, practice, I guess. My mom, dad, uncle, Ben. Mr. Stark and now happy I've lost a lot But my Aunt May says Well used to say That if we don't keep smiling When they can't then we might as well Just be gone too And well they'd want us to keep going It's just a Very beautiful way of thinking Right Yeah I think that
1: sentiment is really sweet And uh I think this episode has a lot of that kind of stuff In it mm-hmm. uh there's one later on that we'll get to I know with, with Chadwick Boseman That has even like more uh, weight to it Because of his recent passing And
0: then but that's, I, I, episode 2 had a lot of that feel to it With him yeah. in that episode Because of that But just because of how What a good person And how genuine his character is too And that's the same with Peter He's very similar in just a Like a Steve Rogers' e kind of goodness, you know, not not like a Tony Stark kind of snarky or some of our other heroes that are a little conceited or cocky. Peter is so genuine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like he's a sincere person. Like like he's just a sweet kid. You know, he hasn't been corrupted yet. He's got a good heart, uh, and he's that you know that street level hero. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, right? And that's that's what they're kind of embodying. Uh, with this iteration of the character. And that's that's perfect. That's what Spider-Man is. That's what we expect from Spider-Man. That, that uh, you know, all the aspects of, of that. Um, but uh, I, I, if, if I'll get critical here for a minute uh, t- and, and take a turn here, I did think maybe the relationship stuff with Hope and Spidey, it felt a little bit forced. I agree. It, just, just, it felt like they were just trying to make
0: it happen. I didn't fully buy it. They were closer it. than they should have been. At the end right it was like there was some sort of A relationship there that we didn't really see All that established like they wanted
1: To make it sweet and then that's how they Kind Mm -hmm. of did it dialogue here And uh, to their credit You know what The way that Peter kind of wrapped it up Was was pretty sweet and sincere And felt nice yeah And the way that she eventually Kind of sacrifices herself I thought was Was pretty well done although Also Kind of felt that same way That I feel about this, that it was Just just slightly undercooked Or felt like something was missing Or forced about it
0: So, Kurt, I thought Kurt was okay In this, you know, he's not supposed to be anything big But he kind of has a couple funny little moments Where he shows up, he says, guys, uh, bad news The train has run out of fuel And they ask, how far are we away from Camp Lehigh Well, on the bright side, we are at least closer than we were And uh, <laughs> we're So they're going to have to walk Um and when they look outside of the train, what they're going to have to walk through, it is a to get to Camp Lehigh, it's a field full of this thousands of zombies there staring at them inside the train now because the train is dead stop. So they're just sitting ducks right there as these zombies, you know, there there's no way they're gonna be able to fight through this amount of zombies in order to get to Camp Lehigh. Even this team of Avengers. Mm-hmm. We're talking thousands and thousands To where it would be relentless And Hope very quickly you know, Steps in And says you know, We can make it over them Listen to me, we all know my time is up And if I have to go, I might as well go out Fixing the mess I started I was so obsessed with bringing my mom back That I never considered what I might bring back with her I started this But you are going to finish it So she ends up Real, knowing that she's about to be a goner, she's not gonna, you know, be even herself for a few, for much longer before she gets fully infected. So what she does is she ends up expanding, going big, so that way she can carry the rest of the team over across the zombies and take them safely to Camp Lehigh. And she does this as you know, zombies are gnawing on her legs and crawling all the way up her. And uh, the the moment at the end, I I think you, this is the moment that did feel a little forced to me. Like her self sacrifice here, that made it made sense. It didn't bother me. It, it it just seemed like the Peter relationship was maybe a little like one that they wanted to 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 seem like it was a mother daughter mother son almost kind of thing, or like she was maybe going to be like a new aunt. You know, there was no Stark, there was no Happy, and they were trying to have her almost fill that role. Um, no Aunt May yep. around it just but we didn't like it just felt forced she says at the at the end or right here peter smile for me okay but it's like you didn't we Little you don't court. we don't really know each other that well you know or like why are you guys so close i you know
1: especially that, when uh, this group of characters that have been like a team i i, I guess like behind the scenes but like before we got there before we started the story with them in this episode like the, the, They didn't seem like they were that close In general like What we were just talking about how Sharon was Mocking Happy after she just killed him (laughs) After he died And and, and, like that's not like Consistent with the The tone
0: yeah no you're right some of them are making Fun of each other and then her and Peter are Having these like moments Together where it just seems A little bit inconsistent
1: Yeah yeah and uh, You know all in all like I like narratively when you know characters have that big moment and they sacrifice themselves and i thought that worked on some levels too i liked how she got you know kaiju size and i love how in um that format uh they do it in the in the films too but like when they move around they they seem kind of slow because mm-hmm. like, that's like that's how it would work with that side that mass like when honey you i blew up
0: the kid <laughs>
1: they're slow like that it, it seems slow uh, they're really moving kind of fast but uh, it seems slow but just by our perspective at that scale um, so I, I, I dig that and everything and I guess I also if I'm getting going back to being a little critical uh, there was something off about the way that the 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 monster or sorry the zombies all swarmed on her but she didn't seem to like even try to swap them off I know I,
0: I totally agree it was like she me. didn't she could have she and every time She kind of moved they would fling off She was so big it wasn't mm-hmm. like Yeah I, I know what you mean it was one of those Things where it's like really you could have done a little More to get away from them or you, you Could have tried to yeah. yeah that That part was a little off we're Nitpicking we're getting critical but of course you know We're we praise things quite a bit we got to get Critical at some points with the things that feel A little bit off um, But once they get To Camp Lehigh once hope Places them in Camp Lehigh so now the group again has lost another Along their along their way They lost Hope on the train here They lost Sharon on the train So we've got Peter, we've got uh, Bruce We've got Okoye We've got Bucky And we've got Kurt So far as our, our team here showing up At Camp Lehigh And they noticed that the The zombies have kind of Stopped, they're not climbing up over the fence But then there's an area where there's a fence broken, and they're not even moving onto the perimeter of Camp Lehigh. It's like it's like there's this invisible wall or force field that's blocking them from from moving forward, and they don't quite understand why. One division deja vu a little bit here with that yep. the force field thing. Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of which, we see Vision in just a moment. Uh, Kurt actually says we must be careful. Baba Yaga nears. I can feel her. Who Baba Yaga the witch Known to lurk in the shadows of Sacred burial grounds and Kurt's telling And he's all scared and he's like looming Around and and, and then Peter says Baba Yaga oh no I totally jump scared you I'm sorry I didn't mean to Do that and He's And so genuine Oh sorry about that And <laughs> it, It's just spider boy Come on as uh, They see vision and they're very happy Bruce oh vision you're a vision You do you have no idea how good it is to see A familiar and not one of those Gross half eaten faces As vision just Basically you know reminds us oh yeah I mean The benefits of being an android I'm not on the Menu that's how he's been able to keep The zombies away the mind Stone the source of me It emits a subfrequency frequency that is not to Their liking and uh, Bruce asks could that mean the Infection is some kind of ens- ens- n en- n Cephalopathy which is brain disease That alters brain functions um, and They even say right after Brain stuff precisely yeah. So Vision checks in Again but right away Vision Obviously is not the most Emotional he's a, an android He's not supposed to be able to have Feelings and stuff like that but Vision is always you know, pretty pleasant And you can tell right from When he it comes in here He's not pleasant Right. He's not even being polite. He's not like, "Oh, come right this way. Here, I'll, I'll come in here and like, we'll be safe in here." He's, it's like when somebody shows up at your house that you didn't want to come, or you're just sitting and you're chilling, you don't want anyone there. Like, oh, he, he, it's like, what are you doing here? That's the vibe that Vision's getting off, giving right. off. Yeah,
1: there's just something off about him. That's the best way to, to put it. I'd say it's just yeah. something off about him, and uh, really cool the way they the the visual of the the um all the zombies standing at bay it, it it reminded me of something i wasn't sure if it was maybe game of thrones with the the um what's it what's that guy's name the night king or whatever his name was but uh all, all the uh, white walkers kind of w- would do similar things a little bit but that that force field and that the image of it and the way that they use that later when the force field drops and just their their feet just cross that threshold uh i thought that that creates some interesting tension there just a sea of zombies is pretty pretty intimidating
0: vision um then starts to you know inform us that the virus overloads the brain's limbic system once I discovered the, the infected's aversion to the mind stone I experimented to see if targeted exposure might reverse their condition Were you successful? We hear, ta-da, see for yourself And we hear the voice of Scott, we don't see him yet And then I said, well, who said that? Oh damn, hey, would someone turn me around? And it's Scott totally Futurama style Head in a jar here, his head is sitting on a chair and Scott's making quips He is alive, we couldn't see him uh, He jokes, we messed up my entrance You know, I need to get this thing motorized So Scott Lang Has been saved by Vision Using this technology So They, they get pretty excited Thinking that this could work Scott jokes, oh, I know what you're thinking I've lost weight, thank you for noticing But don't worry, I won't let it go to my head Sorry, I tend to process traumatic events with dad jokes Drives Hank crazy Well drove Hank crazy Oh man Hank he starts to get emotional (laughs) Uh, Okoye Says hey hey don't cry you'll fog up your jar Sorry I know It's just what I wouldn't give to get chewed out by that old Grump one last time So Scott jumps in the mix again We thought he was long gone As we saw earlier with the uh, the hand on the glass Moment but Vision has saved him Cool little nod to Futurama and, And other like creepy horror movie type things that you see where, you know, people have heads in jars and they're able to stay alive. I love that. And I love that the internet and everyone
1: who watched it just immediately connected it to Futurama. Uh, Futurama is such a classic, like comedy animated program. I think it might even be Long term, regarded as like a better show than The Simpsons, uh, it's perfect in my eyes. And, uh, it's any excuse to talk about that show is, uh, is
0: okay in my book. So, the um, Vision says the operative point is I cured him, and they say, well, which means you can cure others theoretically, but so now Bruce and Peter and everyone, they, you know, they're they're pumped. Okay, we need access to a satellite network to broadcast the Mindstone frequency worldwide. Vision You just know he's not excited He's not trying to tell them that he can hear them Even though he be, he's basically just said Hey look I can I've done it already to Scott He says the Technology required to do so is beyond Human capability Okoye steps in not in Wakanda Thanks to our four shields it remains the last Human sanctuary on earth So Bucky's going to look around To see if he can find transport Vision really Creepily tells him Sergeant Barnes you will not find What you're looking for And his voice gets
1: scary He says it's like, he it so weird he's, He says it like Sergeant Barnes you will not find What you're looking for He gets all like louder than quiet Like it's just yeah, it's And you're like okay There's something definitely off with that guy As soon as he says it
0: So Bucky's looking around And we we get Kind of flashes back and forth So again they've split up which we've we discussed that you shouldn't do here uh, Bucky's trying to find transport And Bruce and, and Peter are at the computers And you know, Bruce is looking So according to these security logs We're not the first to respond to Vision's signal More survivors, where are they? We then flash back to Bucky So we're, we're getting cuts back and forth To Peter and, and um, Bruce together Figuring things out at the computers and then to Bucky who's looking around and investigating where like what is vision got going on here what's happening can we we find some sort of a vehicle Bucky sees body bags all over and he hears growling and he sees Wanda Vampire Wanda But she is kept in some sort of a, a An enclosure because he Shoots at it but the bullets don't go Through and yeah. so She's been kept in some sort of a Cage like Cell that you can see through But she has Become a, a zombie Also and mm-hmm. then Then we get what was the most terrifying Scene to me in the entire episode And what was straight out Of like Gory horror movies Chichala laying on yeah. an operating Table he tells yeah. Bucky To stop you will anger her And in the darkness Bucky couldn't even see Like he's walking around in, in Camp Lehigh and you know there's all sorts of Remnants of, of This is a place where they've done experiments Forever they were super soldier stuff Serum and, and all sorts of Wacky you know uh, Alien investigation Stuff that you, you know not normal Things so there's you know, operating tables and there's stretchers And stuff around you see sort of medical equipment Here and there and Very dark And then Chachal is laying on an operating Table and we see that One of his legs is Halfway gone It's Completely yeah. off this was a Spooky spooky scene
1: Yeah that, that stood out to me Actually um that image of him Without the leg it's that body Horror stuff uh that, you know, I just wasn't quite expecting, you know, it's an aspect of horror that they, uh, that they just threw in there. And it, it's twisted too to think that, you know, vision could do something like that. Um, you touched earlier on uh, how, you know, Marvel's kind of having a lot of their heroes do things uh, in the name of love or in support of some like twisted things, you know, over the course of. Um, You know, a lot lot of different stories now. And I think that that is because it's that's the way you can have a hero believably go bad and be evil, uh, you know, in the service of 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 another. Um, And I've made this point like many times before on, on this podcast, but that, you know, one of the ways that we can empathize and kind of understand a character and get behind a character's actions on screen is if that character is doing something in the service of another person or if that character shows empathy or it just cares about another character that makes us then care about the character who's caring. And there's just something innate about that, 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 that happens, but it allows uh, these stories to go to these really dark places with these, you know, traditionally heroes and have them believably do this, like twisted, twisted, uh, you know, evil stuff and, 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 and make it work.
0: And T'Challa you know, says stop You will anger her but Bucky uh, says is it really you Who did this to you And T'Challa you know We don't have much time we have to run now No time to explain But Vision now Evil Vision Says I'm, so- yeah. I'm sorry Dr. Banner I really do wish you hadn't found us Banner says Vision what the hell Is this place As Bucky and T'Challa are now back with the others And Chachala lets them know that it's a trap Okoye very excited to see uh, Chachala walks over and Doesn't even initially realize that he's you know, Without a leg And um, Chachala explains The vision grabbed me in San Francisco Thought he was saving me He was just picking up takeout He's Bucky then steps in He's been keeping him alive To feed his zombie bride the goth chick I knew it I was picking Up vibes that Scott <laughs> Jumps in there yep. but this line is the, That
1: was the line of the episode As right? far as
0: clips, funny Lines that might be my favorite
1: Joke of what if so far
0: Hands Yeah, yeah. Um, This is uh, Vision is Baiting people Sending out signals Baiting people to come and then When they come he's Trapping them Keeping them alive And feeding them to Wanda
1: Yeah what? And this is a Wanda too This is like that image Where they first re- reveal her She's just got this like Twisted posture to her And they've got this really cool Light shadow effect
0: Yeah Cause uh, there's, sh- there's like shadows all over It's in front It's to the side It's like there's these Multiple evil beings That are also casting shadows out
1: absolutely and it it just looks it looks
0: sinister it looks scary spooky they're setting us up to make you know this is all preparing us for the wanda that we're going to get in the multiverse of madness she is going to be absolutely insane in, in there um and and you know p- people are you know speculating on who will be the you know the actual villain of that is it going to be her is it going to be like an evil version of doctor strange that we may have just saw in in this show a couple, you know, a couple episodes back. Um, this, this, yeah. When when we get to look at Wanda, as Vision says, her name is Wanda. And while your anger is predictable, I can assure you, my actions, though unsavory, were nevertheless born of logic. <laughs> Scott, it, Scott's funny because you know Scott's been sitting there. Vision brought him back to life, saved him, but nice. but so like. But Scott hasn't you know he can't move around He doesn't know what's going on he hasn't been seeing what's happening He chucks yeah. in and says Well in Vision's defense Yeah I've got nothing <laughs> <laughs> um, Vision then You know lets us know that Her powers are too strong They've resisted the treatment Because Peter asks him why didn't you cure her The only course of action Is to contain her and her hunger McCoy asks why not Eliminate her and maybe v- he's honest. He couldn't. He can't kill her. This is this is what Wanda Vision was about. She couldn't let him go. She, there were willing to. It's exactly what Wanda was doing for Vision, and he's doing the same thing. She was killing people and literally putting people in these mental prisons to keep this fabricated life that her she had with Vision. And Vision, even though this isn't the real Wanda, like you said, this isn't. It's not like. He's able to sit down and have dinner with her together And like oh what did you watch last night You know, She's completely done Disfigured She at this point is like The the Doctor Strange at the end of the episode The other day how disfigured she is And she's not even any semblance Of herself yet he still can't even Put her yeah. away
1: That's a great point It's, it's the exact mirror uh, It's the same thing They really are um, meant for each other in a way you know they're they're each other's counterparts in in these worlds and uh i like the idea that in these in the multiverse that things kind of happen uh that echo into like all the different versions of the multiverse so to speak like maybe there's a different iteration of it but it'll kind of play out the same ways what either with a role reversal or like maybe a key element changed um we're gonna see in a little bit uh vision kind of replay a moment that we've seen familiar, you know, his death, uh, coming, uh, but and, uh, that made me think, uh, is it an absolute point w- or uh, what absolute points are we encountering uh, on this? What if journey here? And did we see any in this episode? I believe we do see one coming up, uh, ahead here. At least that's my theory. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool that, you know, you know, vision could have a journey in one universe, but then like his love is like soulmate could have the same you know, like, journey in, in another universe, and they just kind of flip, uh, flip the script on each other. It's very much what happened with, with uh, you know, Puggy and, and, uh, and Cap in, in the first episode. So I think we're going to see a lot of that playing out, these role reversals and, and whatnot. And, and I think they're going to build that into the fabric of the sort of rules of the multiverse, that these things just play out in different ways, and that's sort of how
0: absolute, uh, absolute points work. Bruce questions Vision. You lured innocent people to their debts all in the name of love? Scott, love sucks. (laughs) Vision says, I still cannot entirely fathom what I have done. Uh, Okay, Okoye says, So you should have no problem submitting to human justice. She's about to, you know, to punish Vision, but he can sense that Wanda is awakened as he said, You have awakened her. She hasn't eaten in days We just hear rumbling, like thundering Noises And then the doors fly open And we see this zombie Wanda Baba Yaga So scary, evil Her red coloring all over But as Tim mentioned, the first thing that I pick up on Is the shadows and how there's like a, in, Into the front and then off to the side And it's like There are obviously it's m- Multiple evil beings there Mm. Wanda flies out Uh, First she she gets She just destroys Kurt She like brings him right in and we just see Kurt He's gone and she flies out And she starts to throw objects Around she's using Her powers Scott jokes Whoa watch out she's a man eater "Eh, There it (laughs) it is I'm doing it again (laughs) So every time there's something serious They did have one of those like Oh somebody just got killed Eh, Screw it you know Yeah
1: And uh, we I'd be remiss uh, to not mention uh, that that Kurt is played by or voiced by David Mastalchian, who's having like quite a a run recently. He seems to pop up in like every genre or comic book movie uh, out there. If you look up his IMDb, it's kind of remarkable. Uh, But you most recently probably saw him um, in uh, what was it? Was it Suicide Squad? The the new. uh, Yeah, the one with Cena. Yeah and he played polka dot man in that and actually mm-hmm. uh, stole the show in a, in, in a lot That's of ways good so it was really funny he, yeah if you get at him you, you'll you'll notice like you've probably seen this guy in a, in a lot of different uh movies i believe he was in the dark knight um he's like he's done a lot of dc films i mean he was in both ant-man movies so it was cool to see him back there again uh but uh he's just having like quite quite a prolific run uh in this space like he's gonna live off of um off of conventions if he wants to. You know, he doesn't have to work a movie again ever. He can just go to conventions now because he's really got his his fingers in all the pots.
0: So as Wanda's powers are uh, are unleashed, everyone's you know doing their best to try to fight her off and it looks like our our friend Scott, he's about to fall. He looks like he's about to to crash the head. And again, it's the Cloak saving the day once again the Cloak. Here uh, is uh and and then we we get a really funny little visual of, this actually reminds me of like Mars attacks. Is that what it is with the one with the heads and the, and the, yes. the you know, um, yes. that that where it's his head with the cloak flying and he says <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa, which is obviously the uh the spell in Harry Potter. So we get a Harry Potter reference and yeah, th- this was funny. The cloak was a, a big star in this episode. I love
1: that they, they did that. And, and, you know, back-to-back episodes, really. I was surprised that they gave so much action to it. In the last episode, we had a cloak-on-cloak battle. And they really do have these moments where, like, the cloak... And they do this in, in the Doctor Strange films, too. Uh, and anytime we really see him on screen. But they they make the, the cloak very much a character. They give it, mm-hmm. like, mannerisms and, and things. And it, it's amazing how much they're able to make, you know, a cloak just floating on its own emote. There's no no, right, nothing. It's just body language, like (laughs) cloak body language. And but like
0: a lot gets across. So Bruce pleads with Vision Vision, we need your help, get us out of here. And as Vision looks around and sees really what he's done and sees how none of them can even come close to uh, matching Wanda's power, he says, Yes, doctor, I believe you are right. And uh, we get a moment where. Uh Chichala sees Okoye, and Okoye has now been trapped by Wanda. And as Wanda gets ready to just do away with Okoye, her her final words are My King Wakanda forever. And Okoye is now gonzo. So again, every every spot we've been in, we've lost one or two, and this crew is just getting smaller and smaller by the minute.
1: And they gave Akoya a great moment there. I mean, uh, I feel like they really did, each character, g- give them uh, their, their moment. Maybe actually not so much to Sharon Carter. That just kind of happened. And yeah. also, ha- happy happened, but at least like there was a funny thing to kind of come mm-hmm. out of it. That blam, 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 like into the shadows was a really memorable way to go out. Uh, Sharon, that they just kind of almost did it off screen. Like, yeah, she got like, like uh,
0: nothing. You're right. There wasn't even got, a funny quip for Sharon afterwards. Cap got his funny quip after. She didn't get exactly. much um, Yeah but um, Apoya,
1: she, she went out uh, kind of like a boss And it really kind of stung to see that uh, you know, Go down like that
0: and So they don't have much time But the Vision says there is a quad jet In the hangar So he actually buys them some time By Burying the camp It's only going to buy them a few moments Because Wanda will be able to use her powers To quickly get out But he's, he at this point, at least, feels like he's done something wrong. He's a must atone for what I have done, but I cannot bring myself to leave her. So he actually pulls the mind stone out of his head to kill himself. And I gotta say, I mean, we've seen this poor guy die how many times in the uh, in the these movies and shows, and the noises that he made in this were haunting. It was like yeah. this, this like. Terrifying screeching Squeal that like It's like a a wounded animal Would make you know right before They would it just It it was like whoa it very much Got to me the the noise That he was making
1: They managed to make Vision's death shocking Pretty much every time They show it or allude to it Visually I mean I'm thinking of The shock of when it initially happened When uh, Thanos did it or actually, no. When Wanda did it initially, then they we had to see it happen again uh, when, when Thanos, you know, rewound t- time, time, and, and, and did it again. Then the um, the stuff on Wanda Vision when we kind of reveal the true, you know, the true vision of Vision uh, that was very shocking. And then this somehow managed to to you know almost raise the bar on that. Uh, and it was a fitting moment. That was the moment I referred to before. Uh, that i i think might be an absolute point in the universe like maybe vision always dies there and maybe wanda's going to try to reverse an absolute point and that's one of the things that's going to really cause mayhem uh you know in this multiverse of madness coming around the corner or it's maybe could have at least something to do with it uh, but uh yeah uh, you you're right very very shocking moment
0: and as vision has now pulled the mindstone out now the zombies are not Staying away, that perimeter isn't there anymore. That energy force keeping them away. They're starting to come right at the uh, remaining uh, Avengers, and Wanda flies up, and now Bucky has you know has focus set on her, and he starts shooting at Waka- at Wanda. He turns and he tells the remaining trio of uh, what's it, T'Challa now, Peter and uh. I guess Bruce and still Scott They're all together He tells them to run As he starts shooting at Wanda And you know she In the very Magneto way Turns the bullets right around at him But Bucky's using the shield to block them So he fights her off Peter, T'Challa and Scott With the cloak They get to a quad jet As Wanda has Bucky in her grasp She sends Bucky flying But we never see We see Bucky kind of Fly off into the distance but we don't Mm -hmm. See him die we never see him land Which is which is interesting I think he was one of the few characters that We didn't see turn into a Zombie or die or blow up Or we didn't see The conclusion to Bucky of this Of the in this episode or in this story So he is not dead I'm Going to go out on
1: a limb right now and say That definitively and confidently He's not dead I think the same yes This is the rule in TV and film if You don't see it happen it didn't it's, happen it's, it's not Yeah it's fair game That they're gonna undo it Like it probably Didn't happen That's just That's just the rules That's the way it goes And um Just to bring up Suicide Squad again Great film I saw it a couple of times Um On HBO Max Really enjoyed it Uh But uh There's a scene Spoiler alert Uh Toward the end uh, Have you seen it by
0: the way Am I yes, ruining yes. anything No good? no no I've seen it a couple times Really good Yeah Rip Flag Uh Gets
1: stabbed In, in the heart He dies um, I thought it was a really interesting moment. Uh, something they did. It's a technique that I first saw, and I think I've only really ever seen this uh, this type of editing and, and shot done in one other movie. And It's three Kings*, when they show a bullet oh, and the yeah. internal effect of the bullet. But in *Suicide Squad*, you actually show what the object that stabs into Rick Flag's. It, 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 it cut to the, like an internal shot of his heart beating, and the thing just tearing through his heart. And I, I saw an interview that uh, James Gunn had actually fought for that shot. He fought the studios because he wanted to make it sure uh, for the audience and definitive that this character was dead. And then on that same note, you know, a lot of characters dying in that, in that film. Uh, they just so happened to not, to, to not show uh, one major character's uh, death early on uh, and then they show a little um, a shot of uh, on the, in the in the background of a, a screen, and you can see that character's all, all, still on the screen with all the other characters uh, next to him have X's over them, but his character still uh, alive. I'm referring to Nathan Fillion's character, which is, um, I believe he was the, the detachable kid, the TDK, or, or t- yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was a TDK, the, the detachable kid, uh, and that was something that apparently Nathan Fillion found that out. After the fact that he survived that movie Just by noticing those details In, in the theater when he watched it for the first time At the, uh, at the premiere
0: So Wanda uh, She tosses Bucky and now she's got Her focus on Bruce She tries to bite his arm but as Right as she's about to do so He hulks up and he Thanks the, he thanks the big guy for saving him As <laughs> the Hulk um, Comes out and sends Wanda Flying for a moment so he is trying to buy time For you know Our our heroes to Continue on the mission here They have a mission to find the cure And remember what Okoye a, a They, they kind of know what they need to do now They've got the information from Vision Okoye let them know that Wakanda is still Sort of a safe zone Where they're, it's not overrun by zombies And they have the technology there So that they can get to Wakanda And try to come up with this cure So Peter and uh, Chachala and Scott arrive at the quad jet as uh, Chachala says if it boots up, that he can fly it. And Bruce lets them know that he'll buy them some time. And Peter says, No, we're not leaving you. I don't think I can lose another friend today. And Bruce takes the mind stone and he gives it to Peter and he says, So avenge us. Great. The invitation here, which was awesome, and Peter with the smile as he looks at it, and it's just this is what he wanted, and this is the, you know, it makes him feel so much better about the loss, knowing that they believe in him. He, you know, this team is willing to make a sacrifice because they know and they trust that Peter and the the rest of the team can get the job done. This was a, this was a very a very cool moment. It was like really quick, but just the Bruce handing it to him and the response and the smile back from Peter, I loved. I love
1: this moment too. Again, I said I'm a sucker for like a good sacrificial like hero scene here, and this one I liked even better than um, Hope's earlier. I thought it, it was a kind of pitch perfect. I love the the little dialogue that comes right after it that um, that uh, Banner is kind of he's kind of talking to himself as he's walking through the crowd of zombies and, and whatnot. And it just feels like this very epic, cool kind of funny awesome moment I have a feeling that maybe he survives I know in the Marvel comics zombies he definitely does not survive um, from what I understand he dies in that version by eating a ton of, of flesh as the Hulk and then he turns back into Banner and then his stomach ruptures I think from all the flesh that's still in his in his body all the <laughs> zombie. zombies so, uh, pretty twisted version I don't think that's how this one's going to happen I think maybe he could uh, come back I also thought it was cool how he said, avenge us. Um, yeah. That could be two, two different ver- ways you could look at that. You could say, you know, he, he was talking about the whole team and everybody that had been lost that day, but also avenge us as in me and the big guy. Like he was talking about uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Hulk as another character here. And the, the, the Hulk was sacrificing himself just
0: as banner was. So he said, as Bruce, uh, Bruce runs, Out into the zombies to create the diversion, you know, sacrificing himself or trying, you know, wanting to to buy them some time. To he's talking, okay, big guy, kind of counting on you here. Things are pretty bad. It'd be nice for you to be the hero. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of cool for you to be the nice one for a change? And then uh, we see, you know, he's from Mark Ruffalo. What he kind of yells that line out, and it's
1: it's just pitch perfect. I really like this moment.
0: And uh, the the jet flies off as Hulk and Wanda do battle And as, you know, the, the they look like they get away in the jet Scott celebrates uh, a little too early We did it, we really did it And Peter stops him No, don't jinx it, doesn't anybody here watch horror movies? And as soon as he says that line They see the huge version of hope Now zombie hope and she snatches their jet right out of the air she's holding on to them so they cannot fly off is you know the the visual here is she's huge and uh you, you know she's the zombie version looks just so imposing but they're able to fire the thrusters and they get away but as they fly away she, she like flings the body of a zombie or it's something around her i just was assuming yeah. it was like a random zombie she yeah. throws it at the jet and she plucks the jet and you could see the zo- you could see that peter and t'challa and, and scott like from the inside see that the see that zombie body hit that i thought that was just a fun little like thing it was like whoa look at the power that she has to just fling that at him
1: yeah it was a nice little detail that's the beauty of of action when there's action like the memorable action nuance or a detail to it that stands out to you and is fun that's a pretty broad one r- right there pretty in-your-face one i you right. know, you really can't miss that one but it's just it, it was interesting you know something you don't see every day a, a giant just tossing icing on the cake uh from a, from a really uh, great moment and another opportunity to to play into that whole hope thing with with peter kind of like like why why would you say that right now yeah. it's like no. it's fitting Doing that the whole time He's just our, our meta uh, yeah. Kind of commentator on on, uh, on Horror movies and then how, how uh, We're going to continually Just just fall into the traps And the tropes of, of horror movies On this journey
0: And I will tell you as someone who, uh, who gambles quite a bit I will never Celebrate yeah. until the end Of a game, race Whatever yeah. it is that I've bet Because I'll tell you I've seen the craziest crap happen At the end with 5 seconds, 2 seconds I've seen horses that I've had The 5 length lead and they drop The rider or they take a bad se- I mean just, <laughs> just Never, I never celebrate Until it is official, till it's done Because as a gambler I have seen it all so I understand this Completely Peter, I don't know why They're celebrating here But the, the look that Scott has On his face When, when Hope flings that zombie He's like, oh my He's like horrified, horrified. <laughs> It just was funny And Peter says, I'm sorry uh, She gave her life So we could get the cure And Scott says, that's twice that she saved me That's very hope Chichala lets him know They're uh, about 20 minutes away from Wakanda As Scott says Well, put another W on the board for the Avengers Go ahead, high five It's okay, I won't feel left out But uh, no, Peter's not in the celebrating mood he's he's sad hes he just lost a lot of people very close to him, but T'Challa warms him up he says, "You all right, and Peter lets him know why hes sad last year, Mr. Stark asked me to join the Avengers. I turned him down, and now they're all gone, and I'm still here but the the uplifting what what how like chachala is able to do this, and it's it's not like he's saying anything that's groundbreaking and it's even Kind of corny when you think about it but it's just It's really really it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way When he says it it's a combination of the character That they've built the actor playing The character that we all know is just genuine And even knowing that What he's talking about now it, A guy who's saying this Is gone And yet we're still watching him He's literally still creating Stuff for us as he's gone and And he says the line In my culture Death is not the end They are still with us as long as we do not forget them and, Which is so Like so, you think about this On so many levels now Because we will never forget this guy Because he will always be Such a big part of this culture This character Every For years and years and years Anytime someone puts on Black Panther Or one of these MCU movies Or any movie that he's been in He will never be forgotten I just thought that was so it, I, Like it hit me It really hit me so
1: true. I mean, as an audience, we're living out exactly the thing that he in that in the character as T'Challa is, is speaking about right right then and there. Uh, we are remembering him. We're talking about him right now. We're keeping his name alive. And uh, that I, I, I believe in that in my own life, too. I believe that that's how we, you know, we keep people alive. And that's the best way to do it is we just keep their name. You know, you keep people alive by by keeping their name and talking about them and their memory and carrying that on. Uh, not forgetting about them and, you That's know, a very uh
0: in- Coco Right the movie Coco Disney like that's You know you think about the the ancestors And how they celebrate everybody on all Souls day and you know keeping their uh, Their memories alive and the Celebration all the time and that's something that You know we don't that, That's more of you know it's probably something that Most of us Could do a little bit more In our everyday mm-hmm. life with, with some of the people That we lost you know you you lose Someone that's close to you and for a while It's like the only thing that you can think of And then inevitably you have to get back To work and life and the the You know what the the chores That you have every single day and you probably Go a day or a few days or a week Sometimes without thinking about for me Maybe it's my grandma you know who I was very very Close with and I lived with my grandma my mom's Mother my you know up till I Was up till I moved out so up till I was About 22 so for most people You know they're close with their grandparents or stuff But I literally was like my grandma made me breakfast almost every day of like oh. my twenty first twenty years when my when I was out of high school, uh, there were a couple years where I was hanging out with my grandma a lot because I would go to class later at PCC and she would you know we really got very very close and um uh, so we you know for me sometimes I'll do this I'll do that you know you get kind of caught up and then there's a few days where it's like oh damn I didn't think about grandma too much this week I kind of stop and I'll really like you know reflect a little bit and kind of see how think about how she's doing and this and that and this made this kind of it's crazy yeah. that we could watch an animated Disney plus show about zombies. And it actually like makes me start thinking about like what I can do better in my life. But it, it, it did, you know, you know,
1: well, it's good. It's a good thing. It does. Right. Cause we're giving no, it, it our does. time. Yeah. It, you know, I, I I do think that these shows kind of in a way have an obligation to, uh, to be good and to be yeah. worth our, we mm-hmm. are going along as, as fans and whatnot. And you know, if if it wasn't delivering on levels like that, at least most of the time uh, You know, I would have checked out by now, for sure Absolutely uh, Because you need that, you need the substance It can't just be all glitz and glamour And the surface and shiny stuff You know, act, just action, action without No,
0: no, it's, it,
1: yeah you know, I, I mean, that's, I basically said nothing there But you, no, I think no, you, you know that right.
0: Yeah, exactly, like, no, exactly And Scott, of course, chimes in and says um, You know, plus they're not all gone You still have me <laughs> and then Peter says, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot you are an Avenger. And Scott right. says, Yeah, totally. Big time. Well, maybe not officially, but, but you know, at heart. As uh, Chachala says, Good. The world could use a little heart right now. And even just that line, it's like it makes yeah. you feel warm and fuzzy when he says it. Um, and it's the context, too.
1: It's that yeah. we, uh, that it's not just the, the writing's solid, but the, yeah, you, you just. You can't get past the the fact that you know that that is a real person who's who's come and gone, and he's left his mark. Uh, and it's a reminder of our of all of our you know m- mortality and the limited time that we have here. Even in privileged positions, even you know people uh, who achieve their dreams uh, and, and seem to be the most high functioning people, sometimes their time is up before before the rest of us. Uh, and you don't know you don't know where what your number is, right? Like we just don't know we have to like take every moment, uh, as not for granted, uh, as, and really just think about that and kind of carry that with us that, uh, nothing is, is guaranteed out there. I mean, not even for movie stars, not, not, not even for the most powerful people in the world. Uh, we're all going to be facing our own mortality one day. And, uh, that's just, something that we all have to kind of grapple and contend with. And it's, it's cool that there are, there are fun pop culture shows like this that are touching on stuff like that. Wandavision dealt with grief. Um, And even just the idea that a Disney show is dealing with um, like morbid subject matter a a little bit, that they're not afraid of that. Uh, And like you mentioned, you mentioned Coco has done that. There's something to that culturally where we kind of, um, can embrace or at least not shy away from the realities of life and you know the other side of the coin death uh and uh, that maybe even speaks to uh a progression in our culture that we are kind of discussing and incorporating absolutely and and real real um examples of death and dying in our in our culture you know alongside you know silly stuff like zombies Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that same thing but at the at the end of the day Touch on those same core Issues of you know our mortality and how, how We deal with you know that That fundamental thing
0: And the last line from Peter was once we get This to Wakanda we are going to save The world and the watcher Tells us that even in the darkest of times Humans will give all To save their planet even If it might bring an end to the universe So they think That the end of this was starting to get a little bit at least uplifting. A couple of the ends of these episodes have been very bleak, in that, like, whoa, whoa, you know. And then we've had a few where, you know, things have gone wrong, but then the end, you can kind of feel like some positive is coming. It looked like they were, you know, getting to some positive. They thought they were headed to Wakanda to go get the cure. You know, they, they, Chachala kind of cheers them up a little bit. They're all sort of uh, feeling at least good about what they're, they're headed to do. And we see zombie freaking Thanos. With the Infinity Stones. So, yep. oh, one, man. With the mind Stone with the and mind, they're
1: bringing yeah. it to him on a silver platter because they're bringing it right to his doorstep right now. Yep. Uh, I thought that was really cool because, like you mentioned, they've, they've not shied away from doing, you know, bleak or kind of down endings. And this one had um, kind of a dramatic irony to it. You know, the fact that, like, all, all is well, but then the twist is like, no, they're actually going to hand – uh, the guy mm-hmm. who's gonna do the most damage the the most powerful tool, you know the worst case scenario is here. It's not just Thanos, it's zombie Thanos. What the hell does zombie Thanos looks like look like when he has the infinity gauntlet? Does he still make the snap and 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 does he still wipe out fifty percent of the universe or does and, he or does everybody become zombies? Right, I, what what does it mean? Yeah. Know, well, are they be zombies? Are they gonna be able to feast on anything? Like how does that work? But uh I did also get the feeling like maybe this wasn't the end of this story. Marvel Zombies what if they're teeing up a, a follow-up here? Maybe this is gonna be something they revisit every year.
0: I think I think so. I think so. And I Thanks. and now getting the feel of this, like I we're gonna revisit these stories again, whether it be in these next couple episodes or whether it be I said next year, or maybe often some projects coming up that are gonna be, you know, taking Different versions of the characters we knew Because they're in different multiverses um, I'm just really excited Like they They did a great job with this show Of, of, how, they've, of how they've laid out the episodes too You know mm-hmm. I don't think if you You couldn't have gone back to the Sharon to, Or you couldn't have gone back to the Captain America one If you'd already have done Some of this crazy stuff first you know, mm. that would have really felt like They were going to be too safe Or that would have just kind of felt like If we had watched episodes 3, 4, and 5 And then we saw the Captain America one Where it's just slightly different Where Peggy Carter, it's instead of, of Steve It would have felt like kind of a downer And now looking back, I'm glad that was one Because that set us up for the You know, just showing us that Yeah, things are going to be different But then everyone moving forward Has been radically different Zombies Killing off the Avengers reliving This horrible traumatic Event over and over and over to the point Where Doctor Strange is this crazy Freak I mean Yeah the, these last couple have been Exactly what I was looking For with this show I wanted something Crazy I wanted something Because of, it was animated I wanted them to take advantage of that They're now doing things that they Wouldn't have been able to do probably in live Action you know they're they're Touching these radical out there ideas that they they have the capability with the graphics and with the animated stuff to do very simple that they would have would be really hard to try to do on a big screen movie. you know, so this is I've been I'm very, very pleased with this now. It's scratching all the itches that I wanted from this show. No doubt. I mean, and it, I think it's just because they've
1: kind of trained us now to expect the unexpected. And yeah, they started off with uh, the framework to kind of show us that yeah, we're gonna twist things. We're gonna take you uh, down a road that you think you kind of know where it's going. You recognize some things, and then all of a sudden, it's gonna take twists and turns, and then all of a sudden, you're gonna go for a loop the loop. Everything's gonna be upside down, literally. And I think feel like that's sort of the trajectory of of you know the series so far. Uh, it's a it's a roller coaster. And uh, the, the twists and turns and the way that they've kind of manipulated what we kind of already know and expect to see uh, is becoming more and more uh, intricate, more and more uh, just further deviating from the initial path that we saw. So that's keeping it fresh and that's keeping it uh, exciting. They're also doing a good job of making it feel very Marvel. It's familiar in the right ways without feeling... Trite or without feeling like We're stepping through the You know footsteps that we've already you know Walked it's
0: not repetitive uh, anymore now that First one felt repetitive a little bit that, And I think that was our our gripe With it it wasn't bad it was just Okay we've almost been Through this exact same story
1: you Yeah know? so you can predict where it's going And, and you just kind of have a a Model of you know The story from A to Z whereas This you kind of you 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 recognize The pieces Of the puzzle but it's creating a a a whole different picture in the end the story Mm -hmm. is a different story you know we're getting heist stories we're getting you know a zombie escape you know apocalypse story we're getting a a love tragedy these are different types of stories uh if you strip away the magical elements and the supernatural elements to it uh, and just made it the like the human drama within the 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 uh they're they're very much different you know they would be different movies if they were movies you know i mean they're they're just a different thing altogether. so that's why it's so fresh that's why it's a true anthology series and uh and that's why it's still entertaining after five episodes uh and after you know showing us things that we've seen before because they're remixing it in a in a in a enough of a way that it, it just feels fresh and uh, that takes us down like i said a road that uh we feel like we haven't been through before but we recognize some things
0: and we are very excited to have you join us along the road for that journey of everything in the world of marvel mcu um tk any uh, any other things you want to uh mention before uh, we get out of here i feel like we got a, a lot out and i just yeah, yeah. the last 3 for the, for me like 2 2 is really good because of the chchala the the ch- ch- stuff and it's good it's just so it's different in that it's such like a happy-go-lucky episode, and then the next three have been murdering the Avengers, crazy Doctor Strange, and zombies.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> I, I it's on a great trajectory. Another thing I've noticed is and this is just for me at least. I've been watching every episode twice uh, in preparation for the show for you know this podcast uh, just to make sure I don't miss anything. And the second viewing has always just consistently been a more so enjoyable- much better. And it's not know. even
0: like close. A couple of them, I've not like I, I didn't like them, but I was like, oh, okay, you know, afterwards. And I don't know if it was just my own personal viewing habits or like the way me, like knowing that the second time, but just noticing so many more things and really getting into it, like feeling that's one of the problems sometimes with animated stuff is that people don't. Get the feel that they do from a live action TV show or movie or something, and I've have very much emoted in these last few episodes. I've I've gotten the feels that they wanted me to feel.
1: Exactly, man. I don't want to just watch something and and not get caught up in it. I want I want to feel my my uh, my blood pressure spike a little bit. I want to feel like my- go all in. You know, I you want-
0: jump, I jump. Another Titanic reference here. You know, yes. <laughs> I want to tear up. I want to feel like you know, chills
1: run down my spine. Like I want a visceral response from my movies, and if I don't get that from anything, from a story, from a TV a show, song, a- absolutely, a- yeah, a-, a-, a song, absolutely, all those things. Any art should give you a visceral response on some level. If you're connecting with it, that's that's I think the, uh, the hallmark of if you're emotionally connecting with it. It's just it it will move you like. In a in a tangible way, and even if it's just a little bit, you gotta have a little bit of that going on. And I feel like th- these episodes bring that. And it's it's tough sometimes. I'll watch shows uh, looking for that, you know, chasing that dragon, and it just never comes. It doesn't hit. I'm, yep. glad, I'm glad that I can I can rely on uh, so, like these Disney Plus shows to 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 deliver the goods. Uh, and again, we've said we've made some you know critical things to it. I would not say that. This is like my favorite show of all time that they're breaking you know, ground and doing something that's completely never been done before. No, but I think they're 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 just doing a good job. That's kind of the Marvel way. Like they're yeah. just doing it right They They kind of put their own spin on it and they do it their own way to keep it consistent. And they have a just a solid track record across the board. And that's kind of how they're batting average with the show.
0: We'll see how episode six is next week And uh, we'll also have a recap coming up for you In the next week, maybe a week and a half or so We'll see with uh, of, of Shang-Chi I'm going to talk with Tim We're going to see if we can maybe find out a time Where we can go watch it together And uh, and then maybe we'll resurface in a few days and, uh, and come together for a recap of that one Very excited, everything I've read and heard Has uh, been very positive But like we said, I don't like to get into spoilers Or I don't even like to get into too much about the plot stuff But just I'm I'm curious sometimes in the response, and I haven't seen people saying, "Oh, it sucked" or anything like that.
1: For for Shang Chi, you know what? I've tried to avoid, like I say, uh, uh, you know, trailers and stuff like that. But I've heard positive uh, buzz about it. I think I've mm-hmm. seen really high audience uh, audience scores and Rotten Tomato scores uh, from the critics uh, on both fronts. And uh, I think you know, Twitter, social media, I've heard a lot of positivity about it. Haven't really heard a lot from my circle of friends and people at work and stuff like what, there's not a whole lot of water cooler buzz about it, which I don't know that there, there really even is much of a water cooler these days with our zoom culture uh, and whatnot. My, my, my work, uh, I don't know what your situation is, but when I go to work, it's, it's, it's totally different now. Uh, there's a lot more social distancing and stuff like that. So maybe I just don't have my finger on the pulse, but um, it generally just seems like it's positive stuff. I'm still yeah. all in. I, Going to be cool I I know you just sent me An article something about uh, Maybe some trouble with China
0: Yeah uh, coming out I know which is just so whack it was like Something that that was said in an interview That was you know Truth being said and it's just It's so weird but uh, But as far as the movie is concerned yeah I've, I've been Tried to, to look to see anything About the plot and stuff but I haven't Seen people saying oh that sucks or I hated it or this or that so um, Positive vibes so Far as uh, we will go see Shang-Chi very soon and we will talk to it uh, Talk to you about it right here On That's What G Said I think there's nine Episodes of What If so we are Now uh, at the, the second half of this, uh, of this show we'll have a few More episodes to discuss and then Plenty more Marvel MCU projects uh, later on in the year. Hawkeye, too. And we're going to get into Spider Man. And then, you know, the beginning of next year uh, into Doctor Strange. We're going to have the Eternals coming up at the end of this year, also. So, still plenty of content ahead. And uh, we will be your one stop shop and your home base to hear everything about Marvel and MCU. Make sure to give Tim a follow at Tim is not funny. You can give him a follow on Twitter there or on Instagram, and you can check out his music project, Ice Cream Fire. Give that a download anywhere uh, you you uh, download music. TK, man, it was a, a lot of fun again, and uh, yeah, I really look forward to these conversations each and every time. There's always a few things that I don't notice that you point me to, and you kind of then I'm, I'm starting to notice those things for m- moving forward. I've started to get sort of in the habit of like. If we've just watched one, whatever story it is, I'll kind of put that movie or whatever movies that they were on in the background while I'm doing some of my work, so I can kind of go back and see how they differ. So I think they've hooked me how they wanted to hook someone with this show, and you know, like you said, it's not. I'm not saying this is my favorite show of all time, but I'm I'm very pleased with what they've done with it. It feels like a really solid like B plus to sort of like an A minus uh, in 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 where I stand right now.
1: That's a fair grade. I I would say I'm I'm pretty consistent with your, your uh, review there. It's, it's like I said, not my favorite show, but it might be my current favorite show. That's like on the air that I'm looking for week to -hmm. week. Um, And then, you know, Marvel's kind of been that uh, for me. And it, and in a way it's, it's become that in the movie theater too. Those are the, uh, largely the movies that I'm looking forward to is these big blockbuster superhero uh, movies that's maybe partially because that's what you know the studios make these days. Uh, but it's also uh, a testament to just, like I said before, their track record and consistency uh, that they can keep putting out stuff that's, that's compelling and interesting and tops the previous stuff, but also builds off of the previous stuff, doesn't erase it, doesn't try to reboot it. Uh, it incorporates it all. And I think that makes for a rich uh, experience uh, and it makes for – a uh, fun fan experience too, because you know th- that's something that fans uh, in, in genre culture have done forever. I mean, think about all the ways that fans picked apart like Star Wars movies mm-hmm. when just three films for a while, and for like decades, all the little details, and then you know the 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 books that were made out of it, and all the different you know side stories and you know non-canon uh, stuff and Star Wars legends and all that but just the way that fans like to pick apart little details and 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 you know glom onto things uh that's that's what's fun about these uh these marvel shows too then they they pack them with so much little tidbits uh and easter eggs and whatnot that you know even if they weren't delivering the goods in terms of like you know, a narrative story or whatever, like they're still also giving you a lot to play with and a lot to, to look at and, and keep you busy, keep you, uh, having, having fun. And that's, that's what it's all about. This is entertainment at the end of the day and they make an entertaining product. So I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to, uh, look forward to, to continuing talking about these stories with you, uh, from week to week and as they release them and, uh, yeah, looking forward to Shang-Chi as well. That's, that's one that's definitely high, uh, high on my radar. And I'm looking, looking forward to
0: seeing that. I think, uh, Probably more than any other movie right now. So these segments have been doing really, really well. The, the listener numbers are great. I can get, I like looks at sort of you know, how many people have listened and listened all the way throughout. It seems like just a, a really good response. People love getting nerdy and getting down into the weeds with us here about uh, yeah. our favorite Marvel project. So thank you to everyone out there because there are lots of shows. And Podcasts, movies, TV shows So many different forms of entertainment out there I always appreciate uh, whenever you take some of your time out And hang out with, uh, with me and Tim here On That's What G Said So TK buddy, thank you so much uh, Look forward to talking to you again And uh, yeah, we'll figure something out for Shang-Chi And, and we'll definitely uh, be back again next week for What If Alright, sounds good I look forward to next time Don't go anywhere folks, still plenty more here On That's What G Said Great stuff, as always, from Tim Kelly. We'll be back in just a few days with another recap review of What If, and we'll have Shang-Chi coming up for you very soon as well. Uh, Before we get out of here, have to let you know about SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A-Candles.com, all-natural soy wax candles free from the toxins, the carcinogens, the pollutants that are in a lot of the other leading candle brands. That promo code G-I-N-O will get you 10% off off your purchase, check out saracandles.com. Big thank you to TK for helping out there this week. Uh, we'll be back in just a few days again to get you all set up for NFL Week 2. We'll have some big racing for the weekend. I think there's some uh, woodbine racing this weekend and some Churchill that we're going to be taking a look at for Saturday. And those game-by-game previews for the NFL. We'll check on anything happening in the world of, uh, of baseball and We'll get you this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Another loaded installment of That's What G Said coming up in just a few days. Till then, my friends, have a good one. Talk to you soon.